Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. Sometimes you have plans for a day and then something occurs and you're like, all right, well, maybe we can rip up some of the plans. They really gave Deion Sanders SI Sports Person of the Year. It is a top 10 funniest thing that's happened all year. I mean, turn that program maybe around. Top, yeah, sure did. Sure turned they it around. They won one game last year. Yeah. So embarrassing. And like, it's it's more embarrassing because it's on the heels of what we also learned about SI this week and like how embarrassing SI has become. Th- this is this honor has meant something. Frankly, maybe it's them calling yeah. me to let me know. Hey, stop it. You were runner up. We, um, of course, by the way, this is the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and in the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. A lot of college basketball, reflection on the Orioles turnaround, Brooks Robinson, the whole thing, right? All in that print issue of PressBox. We, of course, molded the Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year that we'll be celebrating in the best of issue that comes out next month after the significance of SI Sports Person of the Year, which for eternity has been viewed as being meaningful, as mattering. But SI, even as SI has crumbled in the last decade, decade and a half. They're gonna say forty eight hours. No, it's I mean it's been yeah. it's been a very bad forty eight hours. But this thing started crumbling like when they started when they when they did what everybody else in media has done, stopped hiring writers and journalists and just asked some kid who was a fan of a team, hey, you know, write clickbait stuff about your favorite team, which started years ago. Even as they shifted to that, there were still a few things about SI that were their saving grace, right? The MMQB portal for a little while after Peter King started that was still a saving grace. It was still, in a way, must-read. And as Peter King left and Albert Breer took it over, at least it still had some name value. There were still some... Grant Wall was still there doing legitimate soccer journalism. John Wertheim doing legitimate tennis journalism. There was still some legitimacy from time to time. Jack McCallum, for a long time, was still doing legitimate NBA journalism. There was still... Legitimate, and you can debate, you know, how legitimate Peter King's journalism was because I get it. Everybody likes to point out that he's a bit too friendly with Roger Goodell. He's a bit too friendly with the NFL, but he was certainly sourced. There is no question about that. He certainly had legitimate information, even if his relationships were probably a little bit too awkward. Even as it started to crumble you could still find a few things that were relevant about SI, and you appreciated that. Like, you don't want institutions to fall in this country. I know we root for that sometimes, but that's because some of us are are anarchists and chaos agents. I never rooted for our institutions to fall, and SI was an institution here. I, I don't like what ESPN has become, but I appreciate that there are still many things, even for as awful and embarrassing as much of their programming is during the day, there are still things that are legitimate about ESPN. 
their coverage of events, the actual sports, while their NBA coverage is embarrassing. I mean, mostly just because you have to stand it next to TNT's coverage, and you're just like, are you? Are you even? Do you even basketball, bro? Like, do you even do that? But they do think the coverage of certain sports is very legitimate. They hired Joe Buck and Troy Aikman to do Monday Night Football. That's very legitimate. I don't necessarily want institutions to fall, and I have not wanted SI to fall. But boy, has it been just an ungodly fall. And particularly in the aftermath of the news that they have been using AI writers. And I know that they pointed out it's very unique. It was only for product reviews, which in a way is embarrassing. Like, you're SI. You're really dipping your... Like, that is as low rent as it gets, even if it was humans doing it. Product reviews? For those that don't know, all product reviews are is a company pays you to create content about them. For example, there's a company that released a like a Zay Flowers bobblehead that asked if I wanted to partner up. I said, I have no problem plugging it. They're like, well, we'd like on PressBoxOnline.com there to be a review of the bot. No. There is no, there's no value to that. I will talk about it. In exchange, for, like, I wanted to do it as a giveaway for the raffle, right? I thought that'd be cool. I'll talk about it. I'll plug it. I'll say where it's available. But to do a review? It's a sturdy bobblehead. Yeah. The head bobbles. As bobbleheads go, this is one of them. Could you imagine? It's as low rent as content gets. So it was low rent enough that that's what SI was doing. Obviously far more embarrassing that their new parent company, who whatever... You know, dude, bro, capital, adventure, capital group. This is the arena group, sure, whatever that is. That They traipsed into the AI world in order to accomplish it. Like, they couldn't even do their low-rent content on their own. Um, I say all of that to say... I don't really need to spend 20 minutes talking about how embarrassing it is that Deion Sanders is the SI Sports Person of the Year. I, I can actually, I, I think the selection actually shows you exactly how far SI has fallen. I don't know this, but here's what I'm betting. I'm betting that in early October, they got together for a meeting. I know this because we, of course, have meetings here about Mogaba Sports Person of the Year. That in early October, they got together for a meeting. And they said... Who do we think it's going to be? And at the time, the momentum of Deion Sanders was so significant that they talked themselves into, this would be cool. And this is where the embarrassing fall has come for SI. It, it feels as though the most likely scenario was, in order to get buy-in from Deion Sanders, they had to commit then and there that he was going to be on the cover, that he was going to be the guy that was celebrated. That they didn't have the ability to say, hey, we want to talk to you and we want to do a story, but we can't promise you right now that you're going to be the selection. And that because SI has fallen so far, Deion Sanders essentially said, well, if you don't, I'm not doing this. Or, and this is the other element that I know these from having these conversations. The other element is 
they were afraid that if they waited any longer to make a decision, they weren't going to get the buy-in. That if they waited until November, mid-November, to make a decision, that at that point, Deion Sanders might say, yep, sorry, too late. Or whoever it was. Which again is a reflection of how far SI has fallen. Because if you weren't confident that you couldn't wait until mid-November to make a decision and have whoever your choice is choose to be a part of the story that you were doing, then what you're really saying is, we're not relevant. We don't matter. This honor is not significant. No one cares about it. And that's a statement about how far it's fallen. I mean, Mike Loxley saying no. Did all the coaches who actually won games this year choose not to participate? What's more embarrassing about this is that this would have been a good story when Deion Sanders was at Jackson State. That's the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part is I don't even, you know, I have to think about who have won in the last couple of years to know how to compare it. Do you have a list of the, uh, pull up the list of uh, sports person of the year. I want to say that, oh God, I don't remember. I that I feel bad about that. I genuinely don't remember. I know the Warriors won as a team one year. The, the okay. pandemic year was a goofy one. Like they just picked a random group of people and kind of all. It was just a very bizarre one. According to uh, let me see. Oh, it was Steph Curry last. Yeah, yeah. Steph so Curry Steph Curry last year. last year and Tom Brady the year before. Yeah, you're right. Twenty twenty, they did like five people. I mean that. I mean they, and it's it couldn't have been more random. It was just about as random as it, it was. Got. Just the greatest player of you. It was Brianna Stewart, Naomi Osaka, LeBron. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they picked the Warriors in 2018 after they won their yeah. third title. Look, I, I'm not here to, I'm not here to debate Megan Rapinoe the year in 2019. But it smells like there were plenty of candidates that were out there that would have been very good. I don't know if you've heard of Nikola Jokic. She had a pretty significant year. I get it. Not sexy social media wise. Not sure if you've heard of Shohei Otani who's never been SI Sports Person of the Year, despite the fact that he is the most significant revelation that's happened to baseball in the history of the game. Seems like maybe he would have made a pretty decent choice. The Kelsey brothers? You heard of them? What if they give it to Taylor Swift? I get that you would sort of be playing off of that. Like, you would sort of be playing into it. But, you know, they also have, like, the most popular podcast in the world. And, by the way, at the moment, straight shoot, the number one single in the country. They're, they're at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 with their uh, take on a Fairy Tale of New York. Did I see this singer from the Pogues died? This That's terrible. Really? Shane McGowan, man. That's awful. Uh, and it's not Fairy Tale of New York. It's their play on Fairy Tale of New York. It was a fairy tale of Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> it's been a pretty significant year for the Kelsey brothers. I, they played against each other in the Super Bowl. I know nobody talked about it. They should have picked Donna Kelsey. As I, I know no one brought it up. It didn't get any attention this year. But they played against each other in the Super Bowl. Breaking news from your boy, boy Glenn Clark. Seems like maybe that could have been worthy. I, I don't know. Silly old me. Coco Goff's rise to winning the U.S. Open might have been a really good story to put on the cover if you were desperate for something. 
I, I'm trying to think of how deep on the list you would have to get to think that the Deion Sanders thing was legitimate. I, and I, I, I am struggling. Struggling to come up with where there would be legitimacy for Deion Sanders. I get it. In, in late September, early October, it felt like it might be a legitimate story. You somehow have to be willing to ignore everything that happened after that to think that it's legitimate. There is no proof that this will work with Deion Sanders. Might it? Maybe. I can't say that. It might work. But the evidence we now have is they were a very bad football team. And the thing we got worked up about, as it turns out, wasn't significant at all. He's done nothing. What he did at Jackson State was actually legitimate. And if a year ago they had chosen to, chosen to do a story about Deion Sanders and what he'd done at Jackson State, that would have been a meaningful story. That would have been a meaningful sports person of the year type of thing. Look at what this guy has done at an HBCU, getting legitimate Division I top-level future NFL players to come choose to play at an HBCU. That would have been an amazing story. Would it have been more deserving than Steph Curry? I don't, I don't think so. It's kind of weird that Steph Curry had never been sports person of the year before, right? Right. Um, I mean, I guess it's like how do you measure the entire Golden State team? But yeah, I mean, I probably would. I, I guess that was their way of saying we don't want to make it Kevin Durant, so we're just going to make it the whole team. But that's a. We, by the way, that was a struggle that we had this year. Truth be told, I'll tell you guys that immediately. We struggled with that this year. There were opinions that perhaps we just make Mo Gabba sports person of the year the entire team of the Baltimore Orioles I don't like that that comes off very cop-out-ish to me I'm I will tell you I will that's not ultimately what we did although we are going to recognize the entire team it just comes off like "Mm, we can't do this we we couldn't do the homework so we kind of cheated there would have been legitimacy to Deion Sanders being a sports person of the year. And maybe in the coming years, there will be legitimacy to Deion Sanders being a sports person of the year, right? Like maybe he will prove that the hype was worth it. But he hasn't. There's no story here. There's nothing that I want to read about Deion Sanders as sports person of the year. Because he uses social media, he ain't the only one. Why don't we just go ahead and let Jake Paul be sports person of the year? He will be soon. No, he will not. Although, again, I say that. Given how much they're ready to debase themselves, maybe he will. Like, this is a oofy oof moment. This is a, I can't believe that people in a room this week after that were like, uh, we're still gonna, we're still gonna do this. We're still, there's, there's still time. Like, we could... We could just change our mind. There's an embarrassing low. I mean, a really embarrassing low. And that's a very difficult thing to do for SI in uh, 2023. I thought this was the onion at first. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I just... Oof doesn't even begin to explain it. Like you it's it's beyond parody. You can't even talk about it. There's absolutely nothing legitimate about it whatsoever. And they just ran with it. Like at no point did they say, 
hey guys, we uh we kind of got this one wrong. Like, might have screwed up here. Somebody just said, do it anyway. Well, right, but he didn't do anything. Yeah, who cares? And we're not even the other embarrassing part is this doesn't even like get play on we're everybody's over it. We're all over it. No one was watching Colorado football at the end of the year. No one could tell you who they were playing or what network is it on. No one was watching. So you can't even get social media traction out of it other than to get dunked on. Well, it's probably Pac-12 network. Probably. Notre Dame was on the Pac-12 network the final week of the year. That was a... Felt sort of like a an, a middle finger, like someone involved with the Pac-12 network because they're like angry about the fact the network's going the net. I assume the network's going down. Like what what are they doing with that? Well, they're just gonna it's be the exclusive network. Yeah, for Oregon, Oregon State and Washington. Yeah. It is kind of weird that we're this deep in this, and we still have no idea what they're doing, which makes me wonder if they're just sort of waiting until, in order to try to look like they're the adults in the room. They wait until the season's over and then announce that they're going to un- form some West, union with yeah. the Mountain West and whatever that looks like. But, you know, I, I don't know that you can justify a TV network for whatever that will be, the Mountain Pack, whatever you want to call it. I mean, how can it be? They have two teams from the Pack 12 I don't know what that will be. But, my God, um, it, it, there's just nothing here. It is, it is the most thunderous thud you could ever possibly imagine I, it would be like the Grammys giving album of the year to William Hung you don't even get that reference no, do don't. you that's sad William Hung was a phenomenon man he was a, a guy that went on like tried out for American Idol when American Idol was at the, the throes of his success and he very clearly could not sing but his enthusiasm was very real, and so America just loved him, despite the fact that he couldn't sing. And so we allowed him to be a celebrity for a little while. Like so we so gave, you're saying you would deserve it? Yeah. No. Uh, we gave him, like, he was incapable of singing. It would be, it, it's, it's hard to, there is a famous video of him attempting to sing She Bangs by Ricky Martin. And maybe you should pull it up. Yeah, I know. That's I don't right. know what you, no, no, like, on, so that you could share it. Yeah, okay. Just give up. I, I give up. We try to do a show. I, th- that no one can see that, Griffin. Oh, I give up. We tried. We tried. We got we got things. We got real content to do. I got uh, four spots left in our raffle pool. Let's fill them up right now. Come on, let's go. Four spots. Four spots. Nope. Sorry. Three. Mario Lanasa just got in. Three spots remaining in our raffle. We are giving away the uh, autograph helmet signed by Adafe Owe, Patrick Ricard, Tyus Bowser, Justin Matabike, Brandon Stevens, and more. We are giving away four rounds of free golf at Baltimore's Classic Five Golf Courses. We're giving away a pair of tickets to the Jingle Y'all Show with Scotty McCreary, also of American Idol fame, and Walker Hayes at Ramshead Live. Thank you to Ramshead Live. We're giving away no, $75 worth of Glory Days Grill gift cards. Did you steal one of those? No, I didn't. I think it was 75 the whole okay. time. I just, when I grabbed it, it felt like four. Wait, three-fourths of 100 Yeah, right? Three-fourths of $100 in Glory Days Grill gift cards. We are giving away 
the opportunity for you and a guest to join me at the Rolling with Santa bowling party presented by West Banco that's being thrown by Great Eights Memorabilia with special guests Keaton Mitchell and Brandon Stevens. So many awesome prizes. And a lot of people have already told me they don't even want to win the prizes. So I'd say it's a one in a hundred shot, but it's actually not even a one in a hundred because it's probably more like one in 70 or something like that. Because there are certain numbers that if we pull, I already know they're going to tell me, hey, go ahead and give it to somebody else. Three spots left. Three. Trace. For us to have raised $2,500. So that Drew and I can go purchase toiletries and underwear for the folks at Helping Up Mission. The men and the women there. So please, just hit me up in the next 20 minutes. Let's go ahead and pull a winner today. Right? What do you say? At Glenn-Clark on Venmo. GlennClark180 on PayPal. Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. I had someone who wanted to send via Apple yesterday, and we figured out they could send the money to my wife, and we got that taken care of, and somehow we're going to make that work. Our friend Leah here had to pay with cash. If you want to just swing by, get, that's great. And then we're going to announce the next step, because we're not going to be done. We'll have a next step that will follow up. But let's close this today. If you're in our circle, and basically everyone in our circle has gotten in, but if you're in our circle and you haven't gotten in yet, get in today close this for us we're going to take care of the folks who need it this holiday season at the helping up mission again glenn-clark on venmo glenn clark 180 on paypal glenn clark radio on cash app get in for our raffle benefiting the helping up mission thank you we appreciate it today's show brought to you by your local toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com the toyota tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Always appreciate an opportunity to catch up with our next guest. He, of course, covers the NFL, NFL.com. And he dove in this week to the race for the number one seed in the AFC. At the moment, the Ravens hold it, but with the bye this weekend, they're not so likely to be holding it by the time we get to Tuesday. He is our friend, Jeff Chidea, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Uh, same here, man. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Jeff, I'm in a weird place, right, where you have to feel good about where the Ravens are, but the disappointment of a couple of these losses really feels like there's a chance for it to come back and sting them, specifically in the race for the number one seed just because they were all conference losses and they really hurt tiebreaker-wise. Yet you seem pretty confident about their ability despite how difficult their schedule is down the stretch. Yeah, you know, you get into this point in the season, and I know everybody likes to look at the schedule and say, well, this team's got an easier road than than, than this team does. And in reality, all these teams, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, these teams that all have three losses are in a similar situation in that they they have to win games that are tough you know people talk about the Chiefs and what they have to go through and they have to see the Bills in a couple weeks and the Packers this week I know the Ravens have a tough road here but if you want to be the top seed you got to win tough games and so for me they're the most complete team in the league they have the second the sixth best scoring offense the second best scoring defense and I think they understand the gravity of the moment and that having a first round bye in this type of postseason situation will be huge. So I think they're game for the challenge. 
I, I, I really, I think the one thing that's interesting to me, Jeff, is that this is a different year. And I think you and I talked about this a few weeks ago. That yeah. this is defense and running the ball matter. I, I had I was doing the the radio show last <laughs> yeah. night. I had somebody message and say, "Hey, well, the one thing we don't know is if they can win a shootout." And I was like, "Well, how many shootouts are we even seeing? Right? Like we saw the Buffalo Philadelphia yeah. turned into a bit of a shootout, but for the most part, this has not been a shootout season. It just it's starting to feel like a year where again it matters." that you can play defense and you can run the ball and you can do it on the road. And I, I, I do think that part of this is a much louder conversation at this point. It's... Yeah. And it's, and it's been that way all season long and you're just starting to see the, the reality of it because as you mentioned, um, look at Kansas city again, um, they've got offensive issues. Look at Buffalo. Um, they've got turnover problems. Um, look at Cincinnati. No Joe Burrow anymore. Uh, look at Cleveland. Uh, no Deshaun Watson. So you start going down the list of teams that could potentially be a threat to you, and you start looking at what they can do offensively. Yeah, you've got explosive teams like Miami in there, and Jag- the Jaguars can do some things offensively. But for the most part, there's nobody that you fear. And, and I think the knock on the Ravens for a long time has been, what happens when they're behind? <laughs> not just when they want to shoot up, but what happens if they have to chase points? And that's not the case this year. Uh, they really have to just manage their own issues, which is blowing leads and, and, and not playing great in the fourth quarter of some games. But for my money, when you look at the teams that have had the most dominant performances in the AFC this year, they've got two of them um, against Detroit and Seattle. So that, to me, bodes well for them in the postseason. He is Jeff Chidia, NFL Network, NFL.com. He is with us here on GCR. Jeff, as you mentioned, the loss of Mark Andrews, it was an uneven performance that we saw from the Ravens offensively against the Chargers. And I, I, I guess that's the question. Is it? Do you think that's one game and them adjusting to life without Mark Andrews, or do you worry that that might be the type of thing that continues? You can't lose Mark Andrews and not have it seriously affect your offense moving forward. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and look, there's going to be moments like that moving forward because he's been Lamar Jackson's security blanket. He's been probably the most foundational player in that offense outside of, of Lamar Jackson over the last four or five years. And so it is a big loss. But what I'm encouraged by when I watch them play is that they're able to get over that and, and they're able to lean on Zay Flowers. They're able to find um, other runners to keep that running game going. You know, Adele Beckham Jr. is a player who's played in big games, so he's going to matter more at this time of year. He's going to have more value mm-hmm. at this time of year. And so, and so I think all those things really factor into this because, going back to the point you made earlier, this is, this is the kind of postseason and into the regular season that it's going to be more about how well coached you are it's going to be about how, how well your quarterback plays, and it's going to be how well your defense plays. Um, you're going to have to find different ways to win games. It's not always going to be pretty. I am, uh, Jeff, I, you know, it's funny It's funny you bring that up, right, because also on Sunday. <laughs> it's like on, I'm trying to sell you. Yeah, you, you, it's like you're trying to sell me, but also on Sunday night we saw some coaching issues, right? Like we saw some challenges yeah. that weren't made that were very confusing. Yeah. We've seen some things this year, like in the Indianapolis game where no one told Zay Flowers to call for a fair catch and – Maybe even on Sunday night where no one told Zay Flowers, hey, you should probably go down at the two-yard line, not let them have the ball back, just let the game be over at that point. 
I, 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 that's, I'm in this weird place because I have great reverence for John Harbaugh and, and how players seem to respond for him. And I've, I've kind of made, I, I don't, I don't, boy, I don't like invoking this name because it turns out he's a garbage person, but like I make the comparison sometimes to Brett Favre, where like as a football player, not as a person, because he's a garbage person, yeah. but as a football player, <laughs> you knew he was going to throw a ton of interceptions. And yet, you could yeah. you would just live with that. You would say, "Hey, that's the wart that I'm going to live with in order to get the talent of Brett Favre." And I have made this sort of like peace with John Harbaugh, where I we're there's going to be perplexing, puzzling things that you're going to deal with, where they challenge a play that they have no chance of getting overturned, and the one where Nelson Aguilar is a yard and a half beyond the first down marker, and they're not going to. It's infuriating, but I deal with that. Because I think he he brings this sort of vibe that just works with this group of players. The atmosphere, the culture, the whatever it is, is significant enough that it overcomes those things. But when you say, you know, you're going to need top-notch coaching, do you wonder at all if that's what they're going to get from John Harbaugh because of all of these kind of bizarre in-game circumstances that we continue to see? Yeah, you know it's it's funny because I think about I live in Kansas City and I remember oh. I was wasn't here when Dick Vermeil was coaching the Chiefs, but there used to be a a story that they would tell about him in press conferences when he'd be having to justify a decision. He'd always take his Super Bowl ring from the Rams, just tap it mm-hmm. <laughs> against the, mm-hmm. the podium to, mm-hmm. to kind of say, "Well, I got one of these." <laughs> so if you if you think I can't get it done, like remember, I'm still wearing one of these. That's how I feel about. Jim Harbaugh, but you know, your point is, is well made, but again, I, I see those, I see issues in Kansas city that are, are similar. I mean, they're, they're trying to, you know, rely on a receiving core that continues to drop passes and they can't seem to find a way to make it work. And they're committed to uh, uh, some players who aren't getting it done. And, and so I, I hear what you're saying, but I look around the NFL and I say, the teams that are winning consistently or in a good position or having winning streaks right now, most of them have coaches who've either won championships or played in Super Bowls. And that's Philadelphia. That's Dallas. The Rams are getting better now. The Broncos are getting better. Obviously the chiefs have been doing it for a long time. Um, You know, I think that really does make a difference. Mike Tomlin is a perfect example of this in in Pittsburgh. Of like that team has got nowhere near the offensive talent that the the Ravens have, and somehow they're sitting there seven and four. So uh, I think it's going to, even though what you've seen has been legit, I do feel like when we get into these bigger games, especially games that you have to win to get that by or to be to make a postseason run. I think I think John Harbaugh is in that category of somebody who can get it done. I under, and I, look, I don't want to ever want anybody to think that I am denigrating John Harbaugh. I'm not. I have great oh, no, no, reverence yeah. for John Harbaugh, yeah. and he's a Hall of Fame caliber football coach. Just it is very weird when some of these types of things occur, and we're all looking and saying, "Hey, you're gonna challenge. You're gonna challenge that, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> very weird. Very weird." <laughs> Um, Jeff, can I ask where you are with the MVP discussion? Because it, it, it is genuinely fascinating fascinating to me in a year where there aren't, like, obvious – and it, it, I know that we've sort of made MVP just who's the quarterback of the team that finishes the best record. So it feels yeah. like, you know, Jalen Hurts will just default unless the Eagles fall off at this point. But I, I have been screamed for a number of years. The, the year that Stefan Diggs showed up in Buffalo and they had a terrible offense the year before – 
and then all of a sudden had like the best offense in football and the only thing that changed was the presence of Stefan Diggs I said then like hey why are we not allowed to talk about whether or not Stefan Diggs might be the most valuable player in football like why, why is that beyond the pale to discuss the possibility that someone who isn't a quarterback might be the most valuable player and I don't know that there's a a single answer a lot of people would bring up Tyree Kill you bring up Pittsburgh. I don't know how we wouldn't talk about T.J. Watt. I think it's warranted to talk about Christian McCaffrey as much as Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Are, are you at all willing to think about the possibility that the actual most valuable player in football this year isn't a quarterback? Oh, I definitely think that this is the kind of year where you should be having that that conversation. And in reality, you're right. One is that it has become a quarterback award, and two, it's become a an award that I laugh sometimes because I look at players like Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy and somehow they're disqualified <laughs> because of their history or because of what's around them. Mm. And it does, you're right, guys like Jalen Hurts get to put, get, get a little more love because of one, he almost won it last year, and two, he's playing on a team that's got the best record. But I look around the league and every every week I'm like, yeah, A.J. Brown's had, had yeah. a case. Yeah. Harry Hill certainly had a great case. Miles Garrett has had a case for, especially what's happened in Cleveland with all those backup quarterbacks playing there. And this is going to be a weird year. Cause I think it's, it's, it's weird one because the biggest name guys aren't having the best years. And I include Jalen Hurts in that because until the last couple of games, he hadn't really stood out, but he's had a couple of big wins. I think Lamar Jackson has a case, but the numbers aren't spectacular. Um, but I imagine if you ask me to pick the top three right now, I would say it's, I think it's Dak, Purdy, and, and Jalen Hurts. Hmm. And I, I think all three of those guys are going to play against each other. They're going to have big games, and so they'll eliminate each other. But it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Josh Allen or Lamar got up in there based on what they have to go through over the next five weeks. Okay. You know, if the, if the Bills make a run and win five straight games, Josh Allen is going to be a big part of that. If the Ravens end up getting the top seed – Lamar Jackson is going to be a big part of that. They're playing in big games. And so I think for me, it's almost like the Heisman now where you have to have these moments that justify you this year as opposed to the whatever, the 40 touchdowns, five interceptions season. I think it's interesting, right? Like I, my buddy um, Clark Judge, was you know, he was trying to argue to me yesterday that Lamar Jackson was MVP. And I'm like, far be it for me to argue because we, uh, you know, we worship at the altar of Lamar Jackson <laughs> in this city. But <laughs> – yeah. You know, like I, I'm like, yeah, he's had a really good year, like but team touchdown. But yeah, is he is he MVP? Like I, 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 I think he's been really important, and I am very appreciative of the fact that the Ravens got the deal done, and Lamar Jackson's the quarterback here. But like, is he the MVP of the league? <laughs> like, I man, yeah. what a yeah. world we're living in. And he's also hurt because he's also hurt because of he's already won it and had a phenomenal season. Right, right? that's this a is standard the standard Mahomes yeah. phenomenon where it's just you know. Yep. You're compared to your your MVP season. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to link up uh, his story, the first read this week, about the uh, race for the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, Jeff, what's uh, what's next on the docket for you? Are you headed anywhere? You got any big projects in front of you? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm working on a couple of things for the postseason and just writing my first read column and, you know, basically just getting ready for these big games here. I'm going to be at the, uh, I've got a week off right now because there aren't a ton of big games outside of San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Texas Broncos. Um, so I'll be at the Bills game next week, Bills nice. Chiefs game, which is a huge game for, um, 
for, for this, what we're talking about right now. <laughs> no doubt about it. At uh, Jeffrey Chadia, that's J-E-F-F-R-I-C-H-A-D-I-H-A on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Jeff, always appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for spending a couple of minutes with us. Let's do it again real soon, all right? All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Jeff Chidia with us from NFL.com. Dak Prescott, NFL MVP. I, you know, the numbers would certainly justify it, but at the same time, they haven't beaten anyone. Can you be the MVP of the NFL without having won a significant game all season? And I get it. Like, you don't want to discredit the fact that they've won games and they've, they're a good football team. But do you have to win a big game? Can you get swept by the Eagles and still be the MVP of the league? I don't know. I don't have an obvious answer here. There's lots of time. We don't have to decide it today. But it's been fascinating to me. Uh, I believe we're down to one spot in the raffle. I believe that's where we are. I got to double check my arithmetic here and make sure that I didn't put anybody on there twice, but I believe that we are down to one spot remaining. So who's going to be our hero? Who's going to close it up? Who's going to go ahead and get in with their 25 bucks to claim the last spot in the raffle? And if you do, then we're going to wrap up today's show by pulling the first winning number. So get in right now. Glenn Dash Clark on Venmo. Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal. 25 bucks gets you a raffle spot. And we'll start pulling winners today. Today. Thank you all for your generosity as we try to help up the Helping Up mission. Today's show also brought to you by Superbook. Speaking of MVP, we've been looking at MVP odds this week at Superbook, where Lamar Jackson is very high on the list. Right now. By the way, go to Superbook, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. You could put that on Lamar Jackson to win MVP at plus 550. If you are feeling Jeff Chidea's thought about Dak Prescott, he is plus 600. So go right now. Make that first deposit. You get that first bet match up to $250 on the same day. Use the code GlennClark23, Superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. When we come back in, we will make some picks. Our buddy Ken Zalis joins us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. It is. I swear. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces and guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR, and th- you were, uh, were you not going to, you were supposed to come back with it. We got to really work on time. Well, we got to, yeah. It's we done. Just gotta, it's done. I don't want to set it up. I don't, I had no interest in setting it up. Don't set it up. Really got to, we really got to. to me, tell that, me your name. I didn't you want it now. You, I wanted you to come back from break with it. We're going to get there one day. I was waiting to see if we are going to give it a beat. No. No. We referred to that 30 minutes ago. It was William Hung doing She Bangs, which, as I said, Deion Sanders winning Sports Person of the Year would be the equivalent of William Hung. Things move fast, and I, winning and I try to react the year as the fast as I can. Just got to. We got to nail it. We got to nail it. That's the way it's got to go. It's okay. We'll edit all of this out before it ever makes air. No problem. When it makes air, it's going to sound brilliant. It's going to sound like it was pre-produced, the whole thing. 
Hey, um, all right, I still, I need one more of you, one more of you to step up and claim the final spot in the raffle. Let's get that done right now. You'll get the last spot, and then we'll have raised $2,500 for helping up missions. So some somebody do it right now. Today's show also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. If you missed it, we push back the next Tyus Bowser Show, so we will not be getting together next Tuesday. It wasn't going to make any sense. We'd be coming off the bye. There wouldn't be a football game to talk about. Why would we do that? So we backed it up the following Tuesday, December 12th. And we got to move the location, so we're still nailing that down right now. We'll let you know ASAP for the next Tyus Bowser show. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. It's brought to you by our friends at A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. It's a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Join us for the next Tyus Bowser show one week from Tuesday night. It's done. Mike Moeller. Love you, buddy. Mike from Catonsville has stepped up and claimed the final spot in our raffle. We have raised $2,500 for helping up mission. Thank you. (laughs) Bottom of my heart, thank you. Now, we're not done yet. I want to raise at least another $350. We're going to do the bowl pick'em contest. I'll get those details out ASAP. And we're going to still do an event where we want you all to come hang out with us and bring some toiletries and underwear and we're going to have some surprises for you if you do so we're working on those details that'll be next but this was the biggest chunk that we needed taken care of thank you for filling the raffle and helping us raise two thousand five hundred dollars for the folks at helping up mission uh ken zalas got in for that he's a hero what's going on kz how are you this morning I'm good. How are you guys? I'm all right. I'm much better now that we filled this raffle. I can tell you that much. Now I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to you worry. You worry too much. You always. Fill it's it. not about worrying, Ken. It's about I just want it over with so we can get on to the next thing. That's where I am. I just want to. I am always laser focused on the next thing that we want to do. So I am grateful to everybody for filling it up. Thank you. That that's just one less thing that I've got to think about right now. So thank you. Thank Fantastic. you. Thank you. All right. Um, I have a bit of a conundrum. As uh, as again, oh, my m- my, fan- my fantasy team is important. Uh, Griffin can talk to you off the air. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll let you have one. All right, one. I gotta I'll let you have one. one. But if we start running up against the clock, then you don't get to have one. Um, I have a a small issue because. God damn it, Jonathan Taylor got hurt again. I know. It's just destroying me. God damn it. And I <laughs> and so I, many places. I didn't draft Zach Moss like an idiot because I didn't decide until later that I was drafting John. It's a whole thing, right? So I'm basically what are we what are we feeling about Achan at this point? Looks like he'll play. Um he got a limited in yesterday. Haven't seen anything about today, but you know, I, I there was a chance that he was going to play last week. I thought they did the right thing, gave him an extra week. I think he plays. And the interesting thing there is 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 Mozart is is banged up as well. Oh, so, oh, so that could be an even. So it's role. worth it's worth watching. But right, if I had to guess right now, um, I, I think he plays. It was good that he it was good that he started with a limited on Wednesday. All right. So as long as he plays then I will play him, right? And mm-hmm. then I would presumably be able, right now, this is, uh, by week an injury, I'm in hell for the final time this season. So at the I moment... the NFL does this. It's, right, nobody's on by last week because you got to have six primetime games, and now everybody's back on by this week. 
So the next question is, would you play as a flex? Because I, I picked up P. Ryan just to be my backup option if H. Hand doesn't play at running back. So yeah. as a flex, would you play George Pickens, Curtis Samuel, or P. Ryan? I'm probably going to go Samuel. PP, uh, half point PPR? Uh, full point. Full point. I'm definitely going to go Samuel. It seems like that's the guy right now um, that's getting all the love and all the targets. Okay. Um, I think he had, he had 12 looks last week, caught, caught eight, nine balls. Um, I'm going to lean there. It's a, it's a good enough matchup for me. Okay. Uh, leading passer in the league, yardage-wise, so why not? Okay, so then I'm going to have to, because I dropped both my defense and kicker in order to massage my roster this week. So I've got to drop two from this group. I don't want to do this, and I know you're going to tell me to. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Bye. Done. I don't want to do that. <laughs> what For what? Because I enjoy the idea. Back. I Who's your quarterback? Uh, Stroud. Stop. Stop. Wait a second. He's not playing for at least He's three pop that Achilles in, again, too. you got to get into the playoffs. Let's go. Come on. I, I'm 8-4. and four. I feel pretty good stop. about where I am playoffs. Okay. I don't, okay, Kyle. I just okay, Kyle. Stop. Wait a second. <laughs> this isn't about that. It's a, I don't ever think I'm going to play him. I just don't want somebody else to be able to pick him up. And if I lose in the championship game to him when I was the smart one that picked him up dude, during the course dude, of the season, dude. I'm – it's a, that's a train wreck. Well, why couldn't he, I just drop P. Ryan and Pickens? He has no mo. No, why? Why would you do that? Because they stink. P. Ryan's a, a handcuffed backup who gets touches every week, and Pickens, with the offense the way it was last week, looks a little bit better. So no, we're not. I'm gonna have to drop one of them. I'm. I'm going to have. I'm gonna drop Rogers, and I'm gonna have to drop one of them as well. Who's not starting for you this week? Be neither one of them. No, no, no. Everybody. Even the people on by. Tell his, me who you have. Josh Jacobs. Don't think I'm dropping him. You know, he's not benefiting I, you this I week. didn't say, I didn't D- say a commentary D- after each one. DJ Moore. Jonathan Taylor. Trevor Lawrence. Well, you can put Taylor in your IR spot. Right? No, my IR spot has Darren Waller in it, so I'd have to give up Darren Waller at that point. And what's your point? I mean, really. I mean, really. Is Who's he, your tight end? Don't start a kicker then. Uh, well, right now I have to play Fryermuth because Kincaid's on bye. Waller could be dropped and put it. Put it then we're done. I don't want to help other teams, Ken. He's I don't want to do playing. that. He's not playing and plays on a terrible team. Why can't I just drop George Pickens? He stinks. Look at Glenn. He's you scared. And he has him. no quarterback. He's scared of Tommy DeVito. What's that? You may need him. I have Watson, Nakua, and DJ Moore. And, and okay, and Odell Beckham. Great. Can I maybe I could drop and, Odell and, Beckham? Well, the, yeah, I don't yeah, want to do that either. Probably, probably the right one. Would you rather drop Beckham than Pickens? Yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah. You've never told me that I should be playing George Pickens. You've never had any excitement about George Pickens this season, and all of a sudden he's I undroppable. Did, I, did. I had him as a bust this year, but when we're talking about going into the playoffs. And and protecting ourselves over injury. If you had to play one tomorrow in a playoff game, I'm telling you to play Pickens over Odell. I would. I would seriously. I would drop Waller, move JT into your IR spot, cut Rogers, and let's be done with all this silliness. I hate you. I really, really wish you, wish you would tell me what I wanted to hear. 
I really wish I never how long we've been doing this one. I know. One time one time I'm asking you to tell me something that I want to hear. One time ever. And you can't do that for me. All right, go ahead with Griffin. Stupid I, I, gotta, I gotta I got I gotta continue I guess I gotta play Christian Watson now moving forward. And am I playing him over Deontay Johnson? Full PPR, half PPR. Half PPR. Yeah, you're probably playing him this week over him. The mm-hmm. matchup's good enough for me. Um, I don't. I don't. I think it's a. I think it's a matchup based thing. Um, you know, until this past week, Deontay's been getting a lot of love. All of a sudden, they figured out they have a top five, top ten tight end, and they only threw him the ball last week. Let's see how this offense kind of goes. I, I don't want to tell you every week, but this week, yes. And then what I play is there any reason I play Dalton Schultz over Deontay Johnson? Schultz didn't practice yesterday, which is which is scary. But they well, really good man, matchup with Denver. Wednesday, it's, it's yeah. Wednesday. Uh, no, I I don't play Schultz over Deontay. Okay, over Deontay. He's, he's a I, I get it. You know he's one of the top ten tight ends this year, but he's also very touchdown dependent. All right. I'm I'm gonna drive George Pickens out of spite to Ken Salas. You regret it. It's like I just want to give the revamped Steelers yeah. offense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The revamped five, Steelers. Five for one thirty and two touchdowns, and he, somebody else is gonna pick him up. Yeah, that's fine. Let him be their problem. <laughs> All right, uh, Ken Salas, fantasy pros rankings every week at PressBoxOnline.com. Let's get into picks. Um, here's where we're at. Uh, there is a new leader atop the table, but I am not feeling comfortable. I am uh, one game clear of the group of uh, John Little Rock. KZ and Nick Kelly. There has been a good fight. At the t- it's a shame that the fight at the top is not all that significant. Like it's only a, a little bit of money, um, because it's been a hell of a battle. So it been. it's been a great battle. Where are you at? Uh, I'm. I don't really care all that much. It's just not. I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It's money, but I'll probably just turn around and donate it to Helping Up Mission, even if I were to oh. win. So, uh, Andrew Steck uh, two games back. John Proctor and Kyle Ottenheimer three games back. So seven of us all within three games of the top. And then there's everybody else. The good news for the folks at the bottom is that they're not losing. Jeremy Kahn is losing. It's almost certainly been clinched at this point. Jeremy Kahn, 22 games behind Griffin and Ryan Shell. Jeremy is almost certainly going to be the one that dresses up like the Notre Dame mascot, takes an Irish dance lesson, comes in and performs said Irish dance, Enjoys a Will Levis Irish coffee, blood sausage, haggis, and tripe, and sings Nothing Compares to You and Zombie. Although he still believes. He still believes he's got a shot. After yeah, one, what did he go, one and eight last week? Yeah, yeah one and seven, because we did have a push in there. Oh, but, we had a push. Yeah. Um, it's like, as he has said, his strategy has always been betting against the public, and that has been a very bad strategy this season. This has just been a weird year where the public has been right more frequently than not in the NFL. But we'll see how it goes this week. Ryan Shell, Griffin Bass, as I mentioned, currently tied in Scott Stapp position as if the loser of the original 10 only loses to Jeremy Kahn. They have to go by themselves to a Creed concert next summer. And then uh, Paul Valley, one game clear of them. All right, that's where we are. Three college games final week for a little while that we can do three college games three college games six nfl games to pick where we start in this week uh let's start with the big 10 championship it's uh gonna be saturday night on fox and the number two michigan wolverines take on the big 10 west champions the final big 10 west champions in the iowa hawkeyes and Michigan is, uh, they were 22-point uh, favorites michigan's 22 laying 22 i mean that seems absurd for a championship game but yet y- yeah <laughs> like you've 
You want to take Iowa? You want to be a team that does? I get it. The number is <clears throat> just absolutely ridiculous. And yet, that smells right. Give me Michigan, and, and I don't care. They, I mean, if this, if this number was 28 points, maybe I'd think about it. But come on, man. Iowa has no offense, and Michigan's they they're they're a horse michigan first of all we can say this about every one of these games i hated the lines this week it just as a whole every single gamer hated the lines um i i guess it comes down to is do you believe that iowa scores in this game because if they get let's say they get 10 points you're saying because Michigan has to score 35 to, to or 30, and, whatever and it is. And to be fair, against a good Iowa defense. A good Iowa defense who has limited teams. It's a awful big number. <laughs> but I can't either. Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I don't believe they'll score. They couldn't score against Nebraska. I think they're – so I now think their offense is going to be better against Michigan. No, uh, I'll take Michigan. The thing that gives me pause is that this is the this is the late game. This is the last game of the slate. So we know the Pac-12 champ will be in. If Texas wins, Texas is in. And then let's say, like, Bama beats Georgia. And then, you know, do they really want to keep Georgia out of the out of the playoff? And so, like, I'm thinking, you know, what if the NCAA they calls the, the Big Ten? They tell them to hit the button. But do they want the one seed to maybe play Florida State? I feel like Florida. State, I don't think Florida State can be in it. I don't think they're. I think I don't think they're going to play Florida. The, State the idea in. of them leaving out an undefeated power conference change, it has yeah. never happened. They have never, never left. An but this undefeated is like power such an unprecedented change. like circumstance. I I understand, but like Get it. if they're undefeated, I you can't do it. You can't do it. What if what if they go? And I know that everything that could have gone wrong for Florida State went wrong with with Louisville losing. But what if they beat Louisville by? Seven Three touchdowns. touchdowns. I, I don't care if they win by four. You're not leaving an un, like th- this. This I, thing I is a it. sham. If you leave an undefeated power mm-hmm. conference champion out of it, it's a sham. And mm-hmm. I get it. I don't want Florida State in the thing either. I, nobody wants to watch a backup quarterback. Although again, once again, Cardale Jones. We all remember that was a th- thing that happened. No one has any interest in seeing a backup quarterback play in the most meaningful games of the season. But. The, you, you you can't do it. You can't, can't do it. And, I, and the, by the way, the committee is supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be putting in the best teams to this point. Next year is when you know. Then they'll seed it based on what they deserved. And Florida State would have deserved the top this four. Best for thing, round thing, team thing is a fairy tale. That's nonsense. It is as nonsense as nonsense gets. The best team is the team that won all of their games. And this bit where you're like, well, yeah, but they don't have their quarterback. You have no clue. You're just someone who thinks they're smarter than they are and believes the SEC is just better than everybody. This year, that has not been the case. It has not been. Alabama needed a miracle to beat a team that lost to New Mexico State the week before that. Spare me. Spare me this. Yeah, but would you rather? You are biased by what has happened in previous seasons. Alabama is not deserving of being in the playoff even if they beat Georgia. There is no justification of it. You can't justify it. The only thing you're feeling is that Alabama has been good every other year, so they got to be good again this year. They just needed a miracle to beat Auburn, who lost to New Mexico State. Stop it. We're not smarter than we think we are. If Alabama beats Georgia, 
No SEC team belongs in the playoff. They're setting themselves up not to have because they've had Mizzou, they've had Ole Miss, like basically in the top ten all season. They 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 are setting this SEC up to look, you know, much stronger than than well, however strong they think it is, and that's essentially four teams that are basically top ten. I think Ole Miss is eleven right now, and and so I think I that is it. how I want to see it so badly. I want to, yeah, I mean, I want to see chaos too. Um, <laughs> so bad. I still have I, no idea sp- what this has to do with Saturday night. I, that I know. you know, I think they might hit the button and uh, make Iowa win this game. There's no, you can't make Iowa win this game. Iowa can't uh, move the football. They would have to be capable of this, throwing a pass. This spread is as big as the total was last. It's a little bit smaller than the total was last week. I mean, it, yeah, it's what Ken said. It, it, can Iowa score? Deacon Hill is so bad. Um, the Iowa offense is so bad, but. I got to get back into this thing, and the way that I was at the top of the table was how, you know, at the start of the season was when I was picking three-and-a-half touchdown underdogs, like our sports sports person of the year, Deion Sanders in Colorado. So I'm taking Iowa in this one. I think, I mean, there's so much that, that, that has to, you know, I mean, Michigan looks really good, but their their national championship was last week. I, 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 I think Iowa will continue to stay up and, and you know, See, I want to see what happens. The only justification, all the points. other stuff you said is nonsense. The only justification for it is that it's just a crazy spread. That's the only way you can justify it. But everything else you just said is utter and complete nonsense. Next, oh no, uh, else I'm not only I'm not the only one on Iowa. Is it Jeremy? <laughs> no, Jeremy is on Michigan. Oh no, <laughs> son of a bitch! Can I change my pick? <laughs> on Iowa is Paul Valley and John Proctor, and myself. Three of us taking the Hawkeyes. I mean, okay. It's a big spread. That's yeah. all I can tell you. It's a crazy it big spread. Uh, to tomorrow night on Friday. Friday night on ABC, number five, Oregon, takes on number three, Washington. This one's in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. And Oregon, they are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Which which definitely seems – I get it. Oregon Oregon is the team we all look like, look at and say they look like a national champion. And I get that Washington has looked eh for a few weeks. Like, they win, but we're not all that impressed by them. But I still feel like they this is, this is a disrespect type of thing. And the other thing, too, is that, like, Dan Lanning has never proven himself. And Oregon's history is that they disappoint in these moments. And I know nothing. Dan Lanning so far in, in the biggest games that he's coached, lost. Colorado. That's one of the biggest games. No, it wasn't. Sports person at of all. Year right there. Yeah, thank you. I can't believe they robbed Ken again. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, I'm gonna show the respect to at least say that nine and a half is not a worthy number here. I'm gonna pick Washington. I am not. Um, because of all the things that you just said, I, I I've watched. You know, the good part about teams on the west coast is you get to watch them if you choose to stay up late mm-hmm. every week because it's the only game left so i've watched a lot of washington and they have not impressed me uh and everything you say is correct about oregon and big games but it's under 10 for me and that was my threshold i'm gonna take oregon i think i think this is a blowout personally um, yeah, I believe Oregon's the better team right now, and I'd rather see them in the playoff too, I think. They're the more complete team, but, you know, Washington, Washington's getting knocked because they're, they're beating, they're playing all these teams that, that, like, close, that Oregon is beaten by two, three, four scores. 
Um, but I, I, I think there's definitely that uh, revenge factor for Oregon for, for their three-point loss to Washington. Um, but Michael Panics is a lot of fun. Um, I like Caleb yeah, DeBoer was. a lot, too. He hasn't I been as much he, fun recently. I still think he is. They're, they're winning games, and uh, and I think I think Washington, they get up for this game. I don't know if they get up enough to win it, but nine and a half is a lot. So to lose by double digit point, double digits, I, I don't think there's any chance. So, yeah, I'm taking Washington as well. Um, so Glenn and I on Washington. Two, uh, sorry, we're pretty much split. Uh, Glenn and I on Washington. John Proctor is on Washington. John and Little Rock and Ryan Shell on the Huskies. Everybody else on Oregon. All right. To the SEC championship. This is the 4 p.m. window on Saturday on CBS. Number one, Georgia taking on number eight, Alabama. And uh, Georgia, five-point favorites. I don't like that, but... Ultimately, I think that the the chaos thing that we want, we're going to be disappointed by because I do think Georgia is going to take care of business in this game. Um, I uh, I get it. Like Georgia wasn't all that impressed impressive against Georgia Tech either. Like I know I'm killing Alabama for the fact that they needed a miracle to beat Auburn, but it was a one score game between Georgia and Georgia Tech, and that that was weird. And I get it. Georgia's not the buzzsaw that they have been, but. They're a better team. They're a better team than Alabama is. I might regret it with the points, but I'm taking Georgia here. So if we've learned anything from all of our time doing this is that bad luck to bet against Bama, bad luck to bet against Georgia. Mm-hmm. So what do we do here? Mm-hmm. So we, we take we take the five points and we take Alabama. Um, look, yeah, they need a miracle to beat Auburn, who's not a great team, but – you know, same thing. I throw away the Georgia, Georgia Tech, the the Alabama, Auburn thing. The, the, it's a goofy week. It always is a goofy week uh, with rivalry week. Alabama's looked good enough for me um, outside of last week. And Georgia's had some lulls um, in the season. Um, and five's too much in a game that I think could be a one-score game. So um, I'll take Alabama here. Um, yeah, I'd I'd really like to see Alabama in the playoff. I mean, Jaden Milrow from September feels like so so long ago. He looks he looks he looks he looks like a lot of fun right now. Um, but Georgia is yeah, Georgia. it is such a goofy bit that you're doing what? with Alabama. Like like that we just pretend like that didn't happen last week. It, I mean, Ken said the same thing. I mean, it, it is a I weird week. It, it, it is a weird happen. week. I, it's a weird week. It's still a game that they played that mattered significantly. And they won. By the skin and they of got their teeth the against a terrible football team. Georgia looked awful against Georgia Tech, who's much worse. They didn't need a, a miracle to win. They just kind of didn't care that much down the stretch. Oh, maybe. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, Georgia, it like, yeah, it is a weird number, like five. Um, but so maybe that is just they're, they're putting it at a number where everyone's going to bite on Georgia. It's enough that everyone uh, can still lay it with the Bulldogs. And I assume it would be the other way. What, they, so it should be a bigger number or, yeah, or a shorter George, number? George is probably worthy of being a touchdown favorite against Alabama this season, but I think they want you to bet Alabama here. I think – all right. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I'm taking Georgia because they're Georgia. So uh, Most of us are on the Bulldogs. Ken, you are not alone on Alabama. One other is uh, betting oh, on the tide. God. It is. Uh, it is Ryan no. Shell. Yeah, he's oh. he's not been very good either. <laughs> he's not. Uh, it's not as bad as Jeremy, but it's not a good one. Uh, that's okay. 
uh, to the NFL and tonight. It is a weird scenario, though, where the two of you could steal a point on Alabama. Like, that is a weird right, scenario. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's, you know. All right, we got to pick up the pace. Uh, all these numbers, by the way, come, spreads coming from Superbook. Again, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code Clark 23 When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, from Superbook. Let's go. Uh, Thursday Night Football tonight uh, on Prime. Seattle at Dallas and the Cowboys, they are laying nine against Seattle. <sighs> well, this tests a lot of things, right? Because this would technically be a good win for Dallas, and they don't get those. But at the same time, Seattle hasn't played well in a while, so is it? this feels like exactly the type of game where Dallas wins. God, this number. This number is brutal. Um, I don't know. Dallas is rolling. Dallas. Yeah, not only is Dallas rolling, but they're really rolling at home this year. So I, it, we got to pick up the pace. I don't think there's much in this game. Uh, Dallas by a ton. Yeah, uh, I mean, I pretty much laid out the same things you guys just did. I mean, the Cowboys have looked perfect, near perfect for a month straight now, but again, against really bad teams. Um, but, you know, I have no idea what the Seahawks are in the Cowboys. As you guys said, they're rolling, so I will take the Cowboys as well. Uh, we have two backers of the Seattle Seahawks. It is Dr. Nick Kelly mm. and Jeremy Kahn. Oh, boy. That's unfortunate for Nick. Taking Seattle. Uh, to Sunday at 1 p.m. on Fox, Detroit Lions at New Orleans taking on the Saints, and Detroit is laying four on the road. I mean, the the Saints kind of showed who they are a week ago. Did, I, I get it. The, the Detroit thing was disappointing from last week, but I still genuinely believe that's a better football team, Detroit. Yeah, I'm not going to back off of Detroit now. I, I, I'll, I'll take the lines. I don't like the number. I think it's a close game, but Detroit. Yeah, Lions have responded well after losses this season, uh, notably on the defensive side as well. So I'll take Lions and the under in this one. Uh, we have a lone wolf, one oh. backer of the New Orleans Saints. It is Jeremy Conner. Oh, there you go. He's got He's got to oh. get back in it somehow. Uh, Denver at Houston, also at one o'clock on CBS. Great uh, game. Yeah, the Broncos at the both. Yeah, Broncos are in the playoffs right now. Yes. Yes. They are. Uh, they are three and a half point underdogs going into Houston. Houston laying three at three point five. Three and a half. Oh, God. I was really hoping this was a three and that we could just count on the push here. Um, like I want to take, I badly want to take Houston. But you got you to gotta acknowledge that the Broncos are playing well. Defensively, they've been excellent. Ah, hell, I did it last week. I'm doing it again. I'm just going to keep riding with Houston. Houston, that's the pick. I hate it. Uh, I kind of like it. Uh, I mean, Denver's playing well, but they haven't played anybody. Um, you heard of the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs stink. Um, okay. I'm going to take Houston. No, their offense isn't what I mean. I, I, I get it that we all we all love the Chiefs, but their offense, admittedly, hasn't been. I while I to some extent agree with you, like, it's still hasn't been Patrick great, Mahomes. They, they just handled. The, they handed Denver that game. All right, literally handed it to them. They dropped three touchdown passes. It was like the steal game with the Ravens. They dropped every ball under the sun, right. and still only lost by two. I, I give me Houston. Uh, I I really hate this one too because I I love this Texans team. Um, but I mean I gotta I gotta go with the the hotter team, quote points. unquote here. Yeah. yeah, getting points. Um, despite being on the road, they have Russell Wilson. Um, so I will take 
I, I know it's funny. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, Russell Wilson. Well, he's, he's actually Wilson. played really well. Yeah. Like he's what is it? Twenty. Okay. Yeah. Dude, it's like twenty touchdowns and four interceptions. Like he's played yeah. really well. Okay. Take Russell Wilson in the Broncos. Uh, you said the Texans, right, Glenn? Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm on the Broncos. Joining me is Kyle Ottenheimer, John and Little Rock, Ryan Shell, and Jeremy Kahn taking mm-hmm. Denver. Uh, to the 4 p.m. window at 4.25. This one's on Fox. It is uh, their game of the week. San Francisco taking on the Eagles in Philly, and the Eagles are getting two and a half at home, taking on the Niners. I understand. I mean, I do, right? Like, the, the 49ers top to bottom look like the best team in football. The Eagles have been imperfect, but ultimately, the one thing the Eagles have shown is the moxie. Like, they're a good team, and then when the game is on the line, they're a better team. And I don't think the 49ers are blowing the Eagles out. So getting points at home, I'm, I know it's not enough that, like, it really matters if they lose. Like, if they lose, they're, they're probably going to lose by three. But I'm still going to ride with the Eagles here. Yeah, I am not. I'm going to go with best team football, most complete football, and that's the 49ers. I get coming across the country. I get all that stuff. Um, but this is a this is this is one of those games that um, Philly can't wait until the fourth quarter to do it. They're going to have to keep up with them. Um, they're going to have to try to limit them offensively, and at the same time handle a really good defensive pass rush. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the 49ers. It's not the two and a half doesn't do anything for me when when you think it's a three point game or or better one way or the other. So I'll take uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I mean you know almost almost strictly a, a vibes pick here, I guess. But yeah, I mean the Eagles they just seem to find ways to win games. Um, it is very rare that you find these you know teams that are actually so since 2004 teams that are 10 and one or better as home underdogs. There's only been three instances of it. They're one and two against the spread, um, but it doesn't really even matter because those other instances, two of them are week 17s where you know the the best oh, team yeah. was resting. Right. Um, the other one was the 2004 AFC Championship when the one loss Steelers um, were uh, led by Big Ben went took on the Patriots and they lost outright. Um, that's they're not that team. The Eagles are not that team. They find ways to win games. So uh, I'm gonna take the Eagles getting points at home, even though it's not a ton. Um, I just I'm gonna take the Eagles to keep finding a way. Uh, me and Glenn on the Eagles. There are three of us total on the Eagles. The other one joining us, Doctor Nick Kelly. Everyone okay. else taking. I get it. I get it. They're the best team in football. I the understand. Road favorites. Or the best, most complete team in football. I understand. Right. right. Uh, second to last game, four twenty-five on Fox. Cleveland Browns taking on the L.A. Rams in Los Angeles, and the Rams are laying three and a half against the maybe Joe Flacco-led Browns. I mean, what do you do with that? It's so weird, right? It's still the Rams against the Browns' defense. So even if you think that like the Browns are going to be incompetent at quarterback, whether it's I, – I guess the thought is it's either going to be Joe Flacco or it's going to be a combination of – a combination, as Drake likes to say, um, of Joe Flacco and P.J. Walker. I don't what, – what am I missing that they hate P.J. Walker, by the way? Like, didn't he look somewhat competent when he played? I mean, he beat the 49ers, right? Yeah. Wait, what? It, <laughs> why do they hate him? Like, what? It, what is it? I, what am I missing there? Um, I don't like the idea of the Rams giving 
three and a half points because they have been far too inconsistent. But I would argue that when their guys have hel- have been healthy, they've played well. So I'm going to bite on the Rams, and I'll feel stupid about it later. No, you won't, because they're going to win, and they're going to win big. And Cleveland doesn't have an offense. I, I don't I don't care which one of the three are quarterbacking the Rams. Wait, is there still a, I mean, the, oh. the Browns? There's, is there still yeah. a chance that Thompson Robinson can play? Yes. See what the um, oh. He's just got a clear... He's just got a clear protocol, so we'll see what happens. Um, and they they said the last thing I saw is that it's either DTR or Flacco. Like it's not going to be. What? Why do they hate DJ? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Fancy said yesterday what, he was surpassed by Joe Flacco. So bizarre, yeah, that's, that's, man. You know, I mean, I, I don't say that. I mean, I watched. We all watched Flacco play for the Jets, and yeah. everybody yeah, great. make their own for a game. Make their own, make their own determination about the, how that uh, how that went. Um, a little bit too much offense for me. Uh, Aaron Donald may kill one of their quarterbacks this week. Um, I'll take the Rams. Um, in case Flacco plays, I'm taking the Browns. Getting points, three and a what half. Does that have? What do you? Well, why? What? Do, what does that mean? This is your Deion. This is your Deion Sanders guy. He, he, he might be. He might deserve to be sports person this after, this, just, after this. This run is just some dumb internet shtick that he's doing. Uh, okay, I'm taking the Browns. You said the Rams, right, Glenn? Yes. Uh, joining me on the Browns is Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, probably he loves probably, the Browns. Probably in case nobody of, loves the Browns like Kyle Ottenheimer loves the Browns. <laughs> and now they got Joe Flacco. John and Little Rock is on the Browns. Ryan Shell and Jeremy Kahn mm. taking the Cleveland Browns, mm. all in case Joe Flacco plays. Sure. Uh, final game of our slate, Sunday Night Football, Kansas City at Green Bay. And Kansas City, they are laying six points. Uh, Green Bay. You know, I'm I'm willing to believe. And six points is enough. Like, I don't know that they'll win the game, but I am willing to buy in that what's happening in Green Bay is real. And Kansas City has been inconsistent enough as Ken pointed out earlier that I'm not prepared to have confidence in them. Green Bay is the pick here. I have zero confidence in Kansas City um, going on the road in Green Bay. But I did this after week two for about three weeks with with Green Bay and I'm not doing it again. Uh, Just because you play one good game um, doesn't mean that all your problems are solved and doesn't mean that all of a sudden Christian Watson is the guy that we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. You still are without your best football player, it appears, in Aaron Jones. Um, I'm going to take Kansas City. Uh, good pick, Ken. Uh, I, I, I think this is going to be one of those nights where, because I don't believe in Jordan Love. I, you know, One team has Patrick Mahomes, one team has Jordan Love. And I think it's going to be one of those nights where we're sitting there like, what is Chris Collinsworth talking about when he's comparing Jordan Love to you know Montana and Favre mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ himself? Okay, that's disrespectful because he's done that with ac- like actual crap quarterbacks. I mean, like I, if you're trying to compare Jordan Love to Tyson Bajan, get out. Like, I don't think he's going to look. And have a reasonable conversation great. about this. I don't think he's going to look great down the stretch either. Um, uh, one team is Patrick Mahomes. Just, just takes taking, for the sake of takes. I'm just taking saying anything. The Kansas City Chiefs alongside yeah. Ken. Uh, joining Ken and I is John Proctor, John and Little Rock, uh, Doctor Nick Kelly, and then Jeremy Khan also on the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Ken Zalis. Uh, want some breaking? Want some breaking news? Yes. Uh-oh. Joe Flacco starting. An arrest warrant has been issued for Bills linebacker Von Miller. 
What? And domestic violence. Oh, that is no. awful. God. God. That's just terrible, man. Huh. I'd say it's good breaking news. Yeah, it's just it's there's nothing really to follow that up with. Like oh, There's not. Yeah. There's so, not. So thanks for that, pal. Really You're welcome. Sorry. I really just, appreciate you giving us that information. All right. Uh Fantasy Pros is where you find him. No longer find him on Twitter. He's gone to other locations. Uh, I have. Blue, I have. It's it's been blue very sky or something. freeing. It really has. I found a, a whole new world during Ravens games on Facebook. It was great. All right. Is go that a fun- better world? Is I, it? I can't I imagine that it's much. Uh, it go, was enjoyable. Go find him in the, those spots I guess everybody hates Harbaugh over there, probably. Yeah, so they're there That's, with him. They're there No, not them. really. All right. Uh, and his rankings every week at PressBoxOnline.com. Love you, pal. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Take care, guys. That's Ken Zalis with us here on GCR for picks. Yeah, you know what? On top of everything else, on top of what I said about Arthur, John's point is well taken. John Proctor says Griffin has had some bad takes, but wanting to see Alabama in the playoffs again is not a great one. It, like that's the other thing. That's the other side of it too. Some of the best football. Like, what do you mean? Some of the what? Where? Nick Saban. When? I've, his entire career. So you just like seeing the same thing over and over again? I mean, when we only get four teams, I want to see the best. I do not you want have to see no Florida State. I don't want to see Florida State get rolled by Georgia. No one wants to watch a backup quarterback in the playoffs, but you can't do that. You can't think you have do to. it. No, no, no. That's just a nonsense thing that you're saying. And by the way, as I said last night, and I was talking to our friend Heather Dennett, who, of course, no one covers the college football committee the way that she does. She's basically part of it. Um, anything is possible. She said they're does not believe they would do that. They, she does not believe it. This is a, you have to go stand at a podium and address your partner to say to the ACC, we left your undefeated champion out of the playoff. No chance. None. These are all partners in this thing. It's difficult enough that you have to leave somebody out, right? Like one of these conferences has to get left out no matter what. To say to your partner, you had a team that did everything right, and we left them out anyway. Almost impossible. I'm not enamored with Washington. I don't really believe they can win a national championship. I don't believe in any way that Florida State can win a national championship. But you can't do that. You ha- the season is a sham if you're just going to pick the four teams that you want or the teams that used to be good or something like that. It's a sham. The bit people are trying to do were like, well, the Texas-Alabama game doesn't count because it happened at the beginning of the year. And the entire process is a sham. There is no justification for putting in Alabama over Texas, no matter what. You can't justify it by anything other than dumb butt vibes, which, again, doesn't even make sense because Alabama tried and needed a miracle to beat a bad team. They don't even have the vibes. The only vibes they would have would be beating Georgia. But in that scenario, if Texas's best win is Alabama and Alabama's best win is Georgia, whose win was better? Texas's. Yeah, Texas. There is no justification for Alabama getting into the playoff unless Texas loses. Michigan loses. Michigan. And Texas loses. And or Texas loses. One of the two. That's the only justification for it. You can't, all you're doing is falling back on Alabama's been good in other years, so they just have to be good now. You can't justify it. Now, again, if this thing is completely shady and underhanded and 
they're just willing to say the hell with it. The SEC pays us more money and gets us better ratings, so we'll just admit that this whole process is a sham. That's kind of where I'm leaning. And maybe, like, maybe that's not impossible. I'm choosing not to believe that that's the case, but it's certainly not impossible that they'll just come back and say, sorry, the process is a sham. We, we Ratings. That's, that's it. That's all this comes down yeah. to is ratings. And, you know, dumb people that just think that ratings are the thing that matters more than anything else in the world. If that's the case, why have a committee? What are we doing? It's the job of the committee to figure this out. Put Colorado in the playoff. Well, they don't get ratings anymore. <laughs> Nobody cared. That's the the most hilarious part about the SI thing. Is they can't even get social media traction out of it because no one cares. It's over. Everybody went home. We're all good. We stopped being concerned about what Colorado was doing some time ago. It's, man, I don't, I don't actually care all that much because my teams are not involved with this. I don't root for anybody. I don't even have like a passing interest in any team that's involved with this. I'm inclined to not like the majority of the teams that are involved in this conversation. I have no real reason to not like Washington. I don't really have any real reason to not like Oregon. Like they've been shoved down our throats a little bit, but not to the extent that Alabama, Texas, and Georgia have. I mean, Michigan, God, all we ever hear about. I have the, I'm inclined to not like these programs. But from simple math, there's nothing that can justify Alabama getting into the playoff short of Texas or Michigan losing. You, you're just saying the season is, a sh- everything about the process is a sham. You, this thing, well, well, you're supposed to pick the best teams. There's no way to know that. That's just a nonsense thing that you say in order to try to make your argument. There is no actual evidence that says that Alabama is a better team than any of these other teams we're talking about. It doesn't exist. They would have a hell of a good win. If they beat Georgia, they would have a great win. The problem is Texas has a better one. If that's the case, it's the reality. Yeah. Well, we need. And again, Texas' only path in is for Alabama to win. Like Texas can't get in if Georgia wins. Yeah. We, you, I mean, Michigan would have to. Like, the, the Michigan would have Texas to lose. Is, isn't Texas in right now? The, if 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 Alabama wins, no. If, if sorry, oh. if Georgia wins, it's Georgia, the Pac-12 champion, Michigan, and Florida State. It mm. cleans up fairly nicely. If Georgia and Florida State and Michigan all take care of business. If Georgia, Florida State, and Michigan all win, they're in. And then the Pac-12 champion joins them. That's the, that's the no chaos scenario. That's the everything is fine. Bummer for Texas. They get left out. But you can't, you can't justify Texas in over Oregon if Alabama picks up a second loss. That, that win is no longer so valuable that it wins out over the Pac-12 champion. It cleans up very nicely for the playoff if those that scenario plays out. That's the cleanest scenario is Georgia wins, Michigan, Michigan wins. wins, Florida State wins, and then you have a Pac-12 champion. And even though none of us want Florida State in the playoff, we just can't do this. All right. 
We come back in. It is the most intriguing. I've said this a couple times this week. It's the most intriguing championship weekend we've ever had since the playoff began. Simply because of the... There's a lot more... Well, there's I guess there's four undefeated. The, there's, and there's not an obvious... It's it, In the past, it's the SEC champion is just in no matter what, and maybe a second team gets in. There's no way, again, short of bizarro scenarios. If Michigan were to lose, then maybe Georgia could lose and still get into the SEC championship game. If Florida State were to lose, then maybe Georgia could lose and still get in. There's just not room. And Georgia is probably the team that gets screwed the most in all of this. But one loss, yeah. But there's just no there's no room. Like the season, the, the you you can't just say there's only one conference playing, particularly in a year where that conference wasn't overwhelming. They just they weren't. We come back in. We'll talk some more Ravens. Jonas Schaefer, the Baltimore Banner. Today's show uh, brought to you by Project Game Day. No game day this week, obviously, with no game this week. So we'll be back one week from Sunday for Project Game Day. Brought to you by AJ Michael, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Me, Rita, Femi, KZ, Stecka, Josh Charles, the whole crew hanging out with you each and every game day this season. PressBoxOnline.com slash game day to find out more. Watch Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline for Project Game Day. Jonas Schaefer next, Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. 
Visit Harford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Obviously, Ravens off this week as they sit at 9-3 and three here at the bye What's it going to take for them to keep this going against a very difficult schedule? Let's talk about that next. Our guest, of course, covers the Baltimore Ravens for the Baltimore Banner. He is our friend Jonas Schaefer, and he's back with us now here on the program. Jonas, what's going on, sir? How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. How you doing? I'm all right, man. You doing anything like bye week? You going anywhere? You doing anything? You just sort of sitting at home? Uh, yeah, I think I'm just kind of sitting at home. I don't know if you're... Uh... You've been watching any of the new season of Fargo. Oh, but, uh, my, Jonas, let's shut up. Let's my, not talk my, about the Ravens. Let's talk about the moment <laughs> when Juno Temple drops the accent when she's talking to his mom. Is it, I, I Look, man, Keeley's a great character from Ted Lasso, and I like Juno Temple, but that was like as astonishing as I have seen. That, the what she was able to convey the moment she dropped the accent in that conversation was as fine of acting as I've seen on television all year. I confess to being a bit of a stupid TV watcher in that moment because I was more so concentrated on the threat and less cognizant of the fact that she is, in fact, not Minnesotan or right. Minnesota nice. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like a, a dummy listening to a podcast episode talking about that that moment in Fargo. But I, I brought up Fargo just to say that my my vibe for this weekend is probably just John Hamm, nipple rings out, till him in a hot dude, tub. Dude, the fact that they even played up that like they even did a joke about John Ham having a huge, you know, you know what? Like the <laughs> fact that they they were able to sneak that into the script and it kind of worked. Like and it didn't even feel forced. Gave me so much joy. Like I know it's such a dumb thing about TV viewing. I, and I don't know how you've been I, I, the Chris Rock season to me was bad. Like it was a bad yep. season. It it wasn't just disappointing or not up to the standing. I thought it was bad television that was disjointed and I and I, I just couldn't stay with it. It was painful. This season is is shaping up to maybe be the best season of the show. It's early returns are good. It's uh, it was wild to to look back and remember that season one was 
2014. So, right. so we're almost a, a decade in. But I mean, like the first two seasons of that show were remarkable. I, I don't know which one I would say is, is my favorite, yeah. but, but this one is definitely going for that top spot. God, it's so good. It is so insanely good. If y'all aren't watching Fargo this year, bonkers how good this season is. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything else? Any TV viewing recommendations you have? Anything else that you're heard? Because this is way more interesting to me. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing pressing. Okay. Um, that there's a, a new new show. Uh, I don't probably very, very few of your listeners have Paramount Plus, uh, but if they do, uh, and they like kind of dark, uh, biting humor, there's a show called Colin from Accounts. It's an Australian import about two folks who kind of discarded their hopes for love and bond over the shared trauma of hitting a dog. What? <laughs> and the dog is fine. Obviously, they're not going to kill the dog, but uh, yeah, if, if you liked, you know, like you're the worst on FX or I happy ending on ABC, then you, you'll probably really, really enjoy it. Okay, this show. I was a big you're the worst guy, so I will, I will take this recommendation. I do have Paramount Plus, so I am willing. To, my kids were very excited to watch Good Burger Two over the weekend, so I am a Paramount <laughs> yeah. Plus man. I would not watch this show with them. <laughs> um, I well, no, I don't think it'll be viewing with them. You know, it was really sad. As I said, I was going to put it on. I think it was like during uh, a college football game on Saturday. It might have even been during the Maryland game. I was like, all right, I'll let you guys watch Good Burger while I watch some football. And I definitely found myself looking up at Good Burger. <laughs> I was so embarrassed by that. And, and Keenan looks exactly the same. He does. He it's unbelievable. It's un- I would even argue, because then they wanted to go back and watch the first one. So I let them watch it. I would argue he might look better at this point in his <laughs> life than he looked then. All right, um, so I want to go through, because I, I know in your podcast you did the Wheel of Worry this week. Um, I want to cover some some things that maybe people would point out as concerns. And I'll separate it because the schedule is obviously very difficult, but there's nothing the Ravens can do about that. Let's, let's talk about some unique concerns. And I think the first one that jumps out is Ronnie Stanley, Morgan Moses, and the struggles the Ravens have had against high-level edge rushers. And I get it. These guys are really good. Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, they dominate a lot of folks. But there's a lot of those guys left on the schedule and presumably more in the playoffs. How concerned should Ravens fans be about the play of Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses in particular? Yeah, I mean, if, if it's the Week 12 versions of those guys, then, then definitely. I, I think when you think about Lamar and what he's asked of his front office over the years, you know, the first big ask was for him to be delivered a, you know, a wall up front and the Ravens have invested in the offensive line. I think that's been a hallmark of Eric Acosta's draft process that he's acknowledged. You know, he wants to draft at least one offensive lineman in every single draft. And obviously they spent big bunny on Ryan Stanley, the, the Morgan Moses deal, despite what he's going through with uh, injury-wise now, I think, was a really, really smart deal. And, you know, if, if he finishes this year strong, then I, I think it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back for that, for that third year. Um, and, you know, Patrick McCarry has been okay. You know, obviously, he's had some real standout games, like the first game against Cincinnati. But uh, just with his you know, kind of lack of physical tools, he's always going to be having to win more with technique than with just outright athleticism. So it's not a great spot, but you know, that's, that's what the bye week is for. That's what, uh, you know, rest management is for. Um, I, I can't say that I feel better about the exterior of the line than I do about the interior. Um, but obviously, you know, we have seen 
really good quarterbacks manage really bad offensive lines and been able to elevate their, their circumstances. Obviously, the Ravens don't have a Jamar Chase, don't have a T. Higgins like uh, you know Joe Burrow did last year or the you know, previous two years when he was just dealing with chaos all around him. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes has dealt with bad in, with with bad uh, off the lines in the past, but he's always just been a generational passer in terms of you know reducing pressures to sacks, which is something that Lamar has had some ups and downs with. So uh, you know, I, I don't know how much to say that this is going to be Lamar's problem, how much is going to be John Harbaugh's problem, how much is going to be Ronnie Stanley's problem. It's obviously not ideal. I think I'm probably a little bit more optimistic that Ronnie can get back, uh, you know, to, you know, sub Pro Bowl form. I, I don't know if he'll ever get back to that level just based on the injuries and based on the knee stuff and the ankle stuff. But he's had some really good games this year. And I think that's reflected in, you know, him having a better pass blocking grade, pass blocking grade on PFF. Than, than even Patrick Mutari. So if he can stay out of harm's way, which obviously is a big risk uh, for these next couple of weeks and, you know, have him feeling like 90% of Ronnie Stanley for, you know, week 16 against San Francisco, I think that would be a, a nice litmus test. But obviously, you know, if the Ravens want to have the kind of downfield passing offense that they yeah. have lacked at times this season, then they're going to need to have uh, a better pocket presence for Lamar. Let me expand that out as we're chatting with Jonah Schaefer from the Baltimore Banner. The offense on the whole on Sunday night was it wasn't inept it was sort of inconsistent incongruent I don't know what the right word is to describe it because they did they gained over five yards per play they they moved the ball they didn't go three and out they just these drives bogged down um and didn't turn into touchdowns and I it felt like it was a combination of Khalil Mack was starting to become an ass kicker as the game went on but also it started to feel like maybe the life without Mark Andrews was a factor on Sunday night. So adjusting to life without Mark Andrews and not have like, – you can't understate it. You can't just lose a player of that caliber and not have it affect significantly an offense. Where, How much do you feel like that continues to be an issue for the Ravens coming out of the bye? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the weird thing about Sunday's game was just like how it kind of bifurcated it was like they were good on first and second down, but bad on third and fourth down. Mm -hmm. They were good inside their 50 and then really, really bad in Chargers territory. I I think they were averaging like, you know, seven and a half yards per play in their territory and something like 2.5 in Chargers territory. And, you know, obviously it's not a huge sample size of plays. There's a lot of variance that goes into that. Um, But if they want to make life easier for themselves on third and fourth down, then they're going to need either, you know, better solutions on, on first and second down. Um, you know, they, they, they have to decide whether they want to be, you know, this pass heavy of a team. They have to decide, you know, when, when teams present them with these light boxes, uh, do you want to just, you know, plunge ahead with, with, with Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell and take those five or six yard gains, or, or do you want to, you know, lean into what Lamar had asked for all season and be more of a spread them out passing team. Uh, it's not like they have all of a sudden become, you know, like the, the Bengals or, or the Chiefs in terms of just those, those run pass ratios. But they need to do whatever they can that, 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 you know, allows them to hit that easy button because you're right. I mean, for so long, Mark Andrews has been uh, the, the bailout option on third down. I think, you know, when I wrote about his, his impact last week, something like 75% of his catches on third down have gone for first downs, which is just a really, really incredible statistic. Um, there, there's no one that has that familiarity, that chemistry with Lamar Jackson, like Mark Andrews. I mean, 
if you look at just the career passing totals from Lamar to all of his passers, it's like Mark Andrews first, Hollywood Brown second, he's gone. Willie Sneed third, he's gone. Um, it, it, it's, that, that's not something that you can just snap your fingers and ex, you know, expect to rise to starter level chemistry. You're, you're going to need to have that time on task. So I don't know if there's an easy solution. It, it was interesting to see the Ravens shift their offense a little bit around with Isaiah, uh, with, with uh, Isaiah likely in there, you know, doing more stuff with him in space, more stuff with him before the snap, you know, as a kind of bluff blocker, uh, you know, split zone type plays for, for, for him and for Lamar to, to look at. So I like Todd Monkey's ability to adapt, but obviously when you lose one of the top two or three best tight ends in the NFL, it's going to be really tough. And yep. that's going to put so much pressure on guys like Rashad and Odell and, and Zay and, of course, his offensive line to make up for that absence. And the funny thing on the touchdown drive, like you know, they, that you're like, God, that's what this is. That's what you're capable of. Like that's what this can be. And mixing in Rashad with a huge catch on third down, but it just it just didn't sustain during the course of the game. Um, Jonas, the one that I have no idea how to talk about. Like I don't because I don't think you can just dismiss it any longer. As far as concerns are concerned, huh? No pun intended. Um. Justin Tucker, I, I get it. A lot of the misses are very long, and when I talk about Justin Tucker, I I don't think I don't expect Justin Tucker to miss more forty-four yard field goals in essentially indoor conditions. I don't expect that, but I don't expect anyone. I wouldn't expect you know the the worst kicker in the NFL to be missing forty-four yard kicks in those conditions. I'm talking about Justin Tucker at the standard that we've expected Justin Tucker to be at, and the reason why he's talked about as being a surefire Hall of Famer. Some have argued he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer despite being a kicker. That's the part. Like, is what we're seeing that that level is just no longer sustainable at this point in his life, that he can still be a quality NFL kicker, but that's too much to ask? Or, or how do we look at I don't know how to have this conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because even Tuck uh, would say and has said for basically the duration of his career that you know, he's not the one making the kicks. It's we're the ones making the kicks. And I think that explanation does apply uh, when you consider his recent, you know, poor run of form because he has had kicks blocked. He has had, uh, you know, he, he said after Sunday's game that he, he felt like his feet weren't underneath him and, part of the reason was because that that whole operation felt rushed uh, for, for the 44 yarder. So um, it, it is remarkable that I think it was a year ago, it was the game against Jacksonville uh, fourth quarter. It was the first time in I think in like 77 fourth quarter or overtime kicks for Tuck that he missed a clutch field goal. And since that miss, uh, or I guess including that miss, excuse me, I think he's missed something like, four of the past 13 after going 77 for 77. So that's worrisome, but you know, water finds its level. Eventually Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker in NFL history. I don't think that there is any explanation for him suddenly losing, you know, life strength or accuracy or whatever. He's not spent any time on the injury list. I think it's just a situation where the Ravens need to, put him in, in better spots where he's not kicking from 59 yards, where he's not having to rush onto the field, where he's not having, you know, Charlie Kohler rush over from the right side of the line to the left side of the line because there's right. a breach and then someone going through like in that Cleveland game. Um, so you know, it's obviously not going to be a Pro Bowl type season for Justin Tucker. And 
know, he is being paid to perform like a, a Pro Bowl kicker and, you know, he's under contract for several more years. And I, I think that's a, a smart investment because because of what he's done. But yeah, I mean, you, you do have a, a bit of a, a pit in your stomach now when, when he lines up for these longer ones and you maybe that you maybe wouldn't in previous years. Is there anything else that like stands out to you as con- again the schedule stands out as concerning? It's very difficult, but I I I know that we just spent all this time talking about this. I would tell you that overall, I think the Ravens are in a really good place. I and I think that their defense is so good and their run game is so good, and the NFL is just a little bit different this year that I think that travels and plays and. I don't know about you, Jonas. There's only been one game all season that going into the game, I thought the Ravens were going to lose, and that was the game in Cincinnati, and they won it anyway, right? Like, I, 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 I it's a weird thing where I was having this conversation last night with some friends, and I'm like, hey, I, I know it's going to sound crazy to suggest that maybe they've disappointed to this point, but like, again, I, I, going into each game, I thought they were going to lose one game all year. One. That's it. Like, I, I, they're in a good place. I, I just think that the measurement now is against their ability to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they, I, I, you know, we talked on today's, uh, on our most recent podcast episode, whether the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Paul McConnell and I both think they are, but that doesn't matter because they currently, you know, even though they're quote-unquote atop the AFC, it's the Chiefs who have the inside track to get home field advantage. They have the Chiefs have the easier schedule, and the Ravens are going to go through a gauntlet. So that the Ravens, you know, could end this year atop, you know, all the DVO rankings, but still only be like you know the third, maybe the fourth seed in the AFC, right. and that is going to suck for them if that just you know totally obliterates whatever margin for error they have in the playoffs. I mean, if you have to face a five seed in that wild card round and then go to Arrowhead in the, in the divisional round. Uh, I'm sure there can be a lot of Ravens fans, you know, complaining and moaning about how, you know, this team deserves better. But, you know, you, you kind of have to, you know, sit in the bed that you made. And if this Ravens team is as good as we think they are, and if they, if we think that, you know, this team being healthy sets it up to go, you know, four and one down the stretch, maybe even five and zero, oh, then it probably won't matter uh, what the Chiefs do. The Ravens will probably get that top seed. But, you know, this, this team <laughs> needs all the advantages it can create for itself in the playoffs because under John Harbaugh for the past decade, they just have not been able to make their kind of own luck. That's fact. That's fact. Um, some people might say that sometimes that's because of John Harbaugh and maybe some questionable decisions about, like, replays and things like that. But we'll save that for another <laughs> day. Uh, uh, Jonas, when the banner is ready for us to do like the the part the the Fargo post episode podcast each week, like let me know, and I'm all in. We can start that. I was trying to come up with a clever name on the fly for it, but I don't have it yet. I just didn't I didn't have enough time to think about it. But I'll work on that in the coming days. Uh, in the meantime, you want to go ahead and plug your podcast? Yeah, sure. Uh, not a Fargo podcast, not yet. Uh, but Banner Ravens podcast, just the the, the one episode this week with the with the bye week, um, but twice a week. Uh, otherwise, you know, post game, pre game, uh, just half an hour, uh, easy, easy time for commute. And uh, yeah, we have a really good time doing it. Jonas underscore Schaefer on Twitter, of course. How you follow him? Always appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, sir. Take care. Jonas Schaefer with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us. All right, so um, we get to pull our first winner. We get to do this. Um, I'd like to do it old school style, though. Like, I'd like to... Write down everyone's name on a piece of paper. Not names, just numbers. Oh, okay. I'd like to just write down 
And now I, the problem is they got to all be the, we got to make sure we're doing it all on the up and up, right? If we do it that way, because in the past couple of years I've done the like online spin the wheel thing, mm-hmm. and it's fine and it's right. easy and we can do it that way. But I'd like if we did it the other way. So during the break, print out a sheet or yeah. two or sh- something. Yeah, but I, I mean, I almost feel like we should just get evenly. How many pieces can you get? Can you fold a piece of paper and get evenly? Well, there might be like a... Well, let me see. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. All right, so it's four, five... I think you get eight per sheet, so you need like enough to get... But I'd like to have 100 evenly sized pieces of paper, and let's mark them and pull out a winner. Can we do that? Um. Yeah, we're going to have to sprint, but yeah. Okay, so what? Right. I mean, I can write down some numbers too. You fold the papers. Eh, I don't want to, but I'll do it. <laughs> Man, I'd like to give out. I'd like to to pull the first winner today, and we might keep doing that because again, I I don't know that everyone is actually going to claim the prize if they win it. So it could be a complicated day, right? Like we're gonna do everything on the up and up, but I might pull a number, say you're the winner, and then call that person or reach out to them and have them say, "I'm good. Go ahead and give it to somebody else." So. It, this could take a while, but Griffin's not in the raffle. You're going to get into the bowl pick him, right? Of course. All right, I'll give you a pass. Um, so Griffin. I'm worried that's going to scare people away, though, because of. Oh, because you're so, you're so how, dominant. How good I right? am, yes. It, uh, gr- Griffin will observe the process. We are two neutral parties. I do not. I did not put myself in the raffle. I didn't even let Mrs. Clark get in the raffle this year because somebody noticed that last year and was like, huh. <laughs> Because I do. I post online everybody's numbers. So it's all on the up and up. So we are both neutral parties in this. So Griffin will observe the entire thing. We'll go through the process. We won't do it all on the air. We'll pull the first winner on the air. And then after that, it'll be off. Once I start calling people and figuring out who wants to win and who doesn't, we'll do the entire process off the air for pulling the winners of the helmet as well as the, uh, the, the tickets. And it'll be your choice, right? So if I call somebody and say, hey, you won the first prize, and they don't want the helmet, they want you know, the tickets to the concert at Ramshead Live, then that's their choice. It's not you're not going to be forced a prize upon you. If you only wanted the helmet and somebody else takes the helmet and I say, "Hey, do you want the free golf?" and you're like, "Dude, I've never played golf in my life." Then fine, we'll give it to somebody else. That's the way we'll do this. But uh, we'll do that during the break and we'll pick a winner. Plus, we'll get a tidbit and we'll get tubular as we wind down on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, we're not ready. We're still we're still doing this. Here, uh, I'll you do a tell everybody about Live Casino, and then I'll talk for a minute while you finish yours. All right, all right. So over at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, if you were a loser, unlike myself, I... Uh, I took uh, so Oakland over uh, Detroit. Detroit is one of the worst basketball teams in college basketball uh, this season. So you know it looked like a bad spot for them because they were going Your loved in. Loved one has a gambling problem. No, no one hundred spot for them. They just knocked off Xavier, so it looked like a letdown spot. But did Detroit, Villanova lose again last yeah, night? Yeah, Villanova by the way? did lose. They lost did you see Jones. Temple? Temple went to uh, triple overtime with LaSalle in the Big Five Classic. And Big Five Classic might be working. Apparently, yeah. Um, but now Villanova lost to both St. Joe's and Penn. Correct. In the Big Five. Correct. So that does for, not bode well for Maryland, who got their brains beat in by Villanova. Um, so what did they match up with Drexel now or something? I guess. I don't know how it works. Um, I parlayed that with Virginia just because uh, Tony Bennett he owns Buzz Williams, so they were playing Texas A and M in the ACC uh, SEC Challenge. Um, however, maybe if I was you working picked, last uh, night Duke or something. I was working last night at the fan with Greg Watkins, mm-hmm. who said to me. 
I was like, I don't have any action tonight because I was just realizing how I didn't care about any of the ACC SEC games. And he was like, Oh, I'm actually a Carolina basketball fan, but I bet Tennessee. <laughs> and I said, Oh, he was like, Yeah, Carolina doesn't have a physical big man. That I mean, that was the angle I was looking at too. And then I was I was thinking about the under <laughs> in that game. I think Good I think thing Carolina I did, hit I it by themselves in the first half. Gosh. Um, but yeah. yes, Duke lost last night. America can rally around. Exactly, that. exactly. Formal Temple standout Caleb Battle taking him down almost by himself now at Arkansas. Yeah. Um, but if luck wasn't on your side, uh, if you took Duke or you took Tennessee, um, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, they have the answer because you can turn losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Because between now and January 4th, 2024, so time's starting to wind out. We got just over about a month. It's about five weeks remaining. But over at the Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, uh, uh, Live Casino, Hotel Maryland, uh, rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum, and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen, with prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, I got through 48. Okay, nice. So I have 48 eighth-page sheets. I've also decided we're not doing the bowl. We're going to get a trash bag, and we're going to mix it all because I want you to, like, cartoonishly – Mix everything up in the trash bag, right? And yeah. then maybe after that we put them, no, we just pull them out of the trash bag. That's the way we're going to do it. Thank you for the bowl, Leah. I do appreciate that. But the bowl, not big enough for all these eighth page, eight page, eighth of a page sheets. So I've got uh, numbers 1 through 48. Griffin's going to finish numbers 49 through 100, and we will pull out the first winner. And again, the prizes that we have for everybody that got in on the raffle we have this helmet over here that I don't have in front of me and I was going to go get, but then nobody would be talking. It's just the awkward part. Um, it's signed by a number of the current Ravens, Pat Ricard, Adafi Owe, Justin Matabike, Brandon Stevens, Tyus Bowser, Ben Cleveland, just to name a few. And more. And there's still more coming on that helmet, by the way. I messed up big time. What the hell? Griffin? I did quarter pages. Can adjust quickly. Ironic that Jonas Schaefer works for the banner because we're having a banner day. <laughs> having just a banner day all around. <sighs> you were trying to cheat for number 40. You really wanted number 49 to win. Give him a bigger page. That'll make it happen. Not in the thing. I'm neutral, remember? Yeah, you're That's neutral. That's why I had to speak up. Yeah, <laughs> you had to make sure everything was on the up and up. Nailed it. Well, we're gonna need about another five minutes. It's gonna be another five minutes. Why don't we just go ahead and do this? I'll handle I'll handle tubular while you work on that. All right. I'll cover what's coming up tonight, totally tubular wise. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Of course, week 13 gets underway, as we mentioned earlier. Seahawks-Cowboys. I don't know why. Like I, I'm i sure there's a reason why they decided that the, the week after Thanksgiving they needed to have two Thanksgiving teams play again on Thursday night. But I don't think I like it. 
in part because I feel like it's been the Cowboys all the time. Like, remember the, the year it was supposed to be Ravens-Cowboys during the pandemic, but the Ravens didn't play on Thanksgiving because they had it, and then they didn't play again until, like, the following. Remember, that was when they went Wednesday-Tuesday. They went Wednesday afternoon. The, thanks, the, the game that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving ended up being Wednesday afternoon against Pittsburgh, and then the game that was supposed to be the following Thursday night ended up being the following Tuesday night uh, in Dallas. I don't know why they've decided they have to have two teams that played on Thanksgiving play again on Thursday night football the following week. But I think when you, you only get so many primetime games, it would just be nice to have some different teams involved, somebody else to watch. Like I kind of roll my eyes about it being Seahawks-Cowboys, but that's tonight, 8-15 on Amazon Prime. UMBC Coppin State, 7 o'clock tonight over at the Physical Education Complex. That's on ESPN+. Plus. All Coppin home games moving forward will be on ESPN+. Plus. That's a good thing for them. Um, the state high school football title games get underway tonight with the 2A final. Stephen Decatur from down on the Eastern Shore taking on Huntingtown. That's 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, in order to watch, unfortunately, the state title games anymore, NFHS Network, and I believe that's a subscription thing. It's a bummer that those aren't on television anymore. I have lots of thoughts about that, but I will save them for myself. I think we got time. Uh, no, I don't think we do. Well, because oh, you're saying you're still that far behind on... Yeah. God, it's not going well. Uh, college Hoops tonight, some of the highlights. The only Big Ten team in action, or on TV anyway. Uh, Minnesota's at home at 7 against New Orleans on Big Ten Network. Uh, Creighton, Oklahoma State at 9 on ESPN2. Florida Atlantic, suddenly the darling there in action. 6 o'clock against Liberty on ESPNU. Everything else in College Hoops, go to glennclarkradio.com. Capitals in Anaheim tonight to face the Ducks at 10 o'clock on Monumental Network. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Islanders Hurricanes at 7.30. NBA TV for Pacers Heat at 7.30. Clippers Warriors at 10 o'clock. Round one of the PGA's Hero World Challenge today at 1.30 on the Golf Channel. That is a big deal because Tiger Woods is playing golf. this. It's his event. He's playing golf this week, so Tiger Woods in action at the PGA Hero World Challenge starting at 1.30 on the Golf Channel and Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Are you capable of reading non-sports while you continue to write numbers on sheets of paper? Uh, I think I can. Well, I've, I've got some questions myself. Non-sports-wise, today is Thursday. All right, so on Colbert, uh, Barbara Streisand and Kelsey Grammer, of course. Yes. Uh, it is the season one finale of The Golden Bachelor on ABC as oh, well. Oh, God. I just I never got started. Uh, Selena and Chef. This is Selena Gomez of Home for the Holidays. She's doing like a cooking special. Well, she has a cooking show, but now it's a holiday special. Sure. Selena Gomez on the I Food do, Network. Like, I, for, for what it's worth, I've never had a thought about Selena Gomez in my life until Only Murders. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I just... And her mu- she did music, right? Like her music yes. never. She resonated. was a wizard. Wizards of Waverly Place. I never Place watched that show. When I was a kid. She was in the one. What was the one movie that? Um, I don't know. Was she in like was 16, a, no. no Spring Breakers, right? She was in that. Oh yeah, wasn't yes. she? Yeah, 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 that was a big one. But like I just Selena Gomez has been a blind spot for me entirely, basically until Only Murders. Have came you out. seen uh, the trailers for Family Switch yet? This is the Ed Helms and Jennifer Garner uh, Freaky Friday Christmas edition. Uh, you told bodies. me about it, but yeah. I don't think I've actually. This is, no. that comes out today on Netflix. Okay. Um, it looks I don't know I don't know who knows. Um, obliterated on uh, this is oh this is also on Netflix. Uh, this one it actually looks kind of good. It's uh, like a special force bomb squad. They deactivate a bomb. They're in Vegas and they save all of Las Vegas. And then they're like, oh yeah, we did it. And they start partying because they're in Vegas. And then only about halfway through the night they realize uh, that was a fake bomb. 
and, okay. and, and okay. so now and so now they have to like while they're all drunk and inebriated they have to figure out how to find the real bomb and then deactivate that one so it looks i don't know how they're it's because it's a series so i'm not sure how uh it's gonna work um with them like going like episode to episode even though it's like typically seems like a movie sort of plot um so it looks like it looks interesting okay. i didn't recognize any of the cast uh, but it looks good um and then on hbo max this show called bookie with sebastian maniscalco um, where there are bookies in California, where of course it's not uh, legal, where where like sports betting isn't legal. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's supposed to be a comedy about him being a bookie essentially. And so, Charlie Sheen is in it. Oh, all right, whatever. Um, so I bumped into Johnny with the day that I was down at the Maryland football game for AJ Francis's food drive. I bumped into our friend Johnny Holiday on the way. When I was standing outside, he was coming in to uh, go to work. And I had remembered that he was in Philadelphia the night before doing the Maryland Villanova game, and I was like, "Geez, man, you're you're working hard. You're going from Friday night in Philly to Saturday morning in College Park. Like that's a that's a heck of a commute." And he said, "You know what, Glenn? It's actually more than that. On Thursday night, I was in Atlantic City. Like, <laughs> and for those who don't know, Johnny is in his 80s. Like Johnny is doing great, which I love. Um, but Johnny is 86 years old." I said, you were in Atlantic City on Thursday night? He's like, yep, Atlantic City on Thursday night. Drove back, dropped my wife off at home, drove up to Philadelphia for the basketball game, and drove back here. And I said, what were you doing in Atlantic City? He said, I went to see Sebastian Maniscalco. (laughs) I said, that's awesome, Johnny. That's so cool. So Johnny Holiday spent a Thursday night in Atlantic City, a Friday night in Philadelphia, and then was back for a noon kickoff. And, you know, when you're the play-by-play guy, you got to be there much earlier than noon. I uh, was back Saturday morning in College Park, and I was like, that's so cool, man. 86 years old, getting it done. Johnny Holiday, I love that. All right, so that's tubular. We good? We are good. All right, go get a trash bag, please. So I've got numbers 1 through 48. You've got 49 through 100, correct? Correct. And they're all eighth of a page. They had a bit of an issue with that. We are going to pull out the winner. And again, this will be the first winner. And I will get in touch with that winner. And at that point, if that person claims the prize, then I will move on and pull out the next winner. We have, let me make sure I have this right. We have the helmet. We have two pairs of tickets for the Rolling with Santa party with Keaton Mitchell and Brandon Stevens. So that's three. We have a pair of tickets to the uh, Jingle Y'all concert at Ram's Head Live. That's four. We have two pairs of rounds of golf at Baltimore's Classic Five Golf Courses. So that's six. And we have $75 in Glory Days gift cards. So we have seven total prizes. There may be more than seven names pulled ultimately or numbers pulled because we may have a winner that just says, go ahead, give it to somebody else. That has happened many times over the years. So that's the way this is going to go. I know I have had other winners in past years that we still have not been able to hook up and get them their prizes. I still have all of them. You can either come by and see us or figure that out in the coming weeks. But we'll make sure we get everything to everybody when they need them. Yeah, drop them all in. Drop those all in. Then you got to, well, shake it up. You got to really shake it up. Well, put the other ones in there too. Don't just, yeah, yeah butterfly them, if you will. And we got to really go crazy. I mean, I, I got to make it seem like this has been completely shaken and stirred and not just 
Had they really mixed up enough? Maybe the trash bag wasn't the way. Oh, no, they look good. Yeah. No, they look like they're moving around a little bit. I just It feels like there's still like a bulk of them that are kind of right. all in together. Yeah, I think the, sh the sound effect is great. I think we need the sound effect for what we're doing here. Should we pull them back out, put them in the bowl, and then put them back in again? Yeah, that might work. Like, we, we've, we've, we've mixed them up as much as, we po as humanly possible in this process. All right, so Griffin's going to put them back in the bowl. And I know that, for example, some people specifically wanted one prize. Like, some people were not as interested in the helmet as they were in being at the bowling party or being at the concert. So it could be interesting to see how this plays out over the course of the afternoon as we are pulling winners for our raffle. All right, Griffin, uh, you should do this on camera so everybody can see it. We want to make sure everybody knows. Totally on the up and up. He is making sure Nothing that stuck together yep, here. everything, we have them all individually. All right, and then we're gonna do this. I can't, I can't keep dragging this out and trying to make it more interesting. It's just the way it goes. Sure I'm doing play by play. I'm no, oh, and I appreciate that. That's yeah. the right thing to do. I'm not mad at you at all. Well, not about this. Other things, very mad, Ex infuriated. In fact, Griffin and I have to work together again today. Again. It's gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a hell of a long day. At some point, <laughs> at some point, I might just need to go for a walk. <laughs> Can't take it anymore with this guy. All right. So Griffin right, is still separating. Back in the bag here? Do you feel like they're good and separated? I do. Okay. So, yeah, I would say let's throw them back in the bag and maybe mix up the bag one more time and then pull some winners. Do you feel like we've done, as a neutral observer, do you feel, you know what? Bring Leah in here for Leah. a second. Because Leah's not a neutral observer. She got in, and I know she wants to win one of these prizes. So... I want to make sure that Leah's comfortable with how Griffin has mixed up the, the numbers, all right? I want to make sure because you, this affects you. Do you. Are you comfortable with how Griffin has mixed up the numbers? He's mixed them up in the bag, then put them in the bowl, then he put them back in the bag, and he continues to shake up. Do you feel comfortable that the numbers are, oh, see, there is a few stuck together, but that's what we want We want from this. One more round of the bowl is fine. We... Really, we've really we spent a lot of time. I'm just trying to end the show already. I'm just trying to get to the finish line on this. We're gonna go back in the bowl. Yes. Back in the bowl. Make sure not I wish we had one of those um, things they have for like throwing cash up in the air. Oh, yeah. Those are my favorite things in the world. They had that at the live casino in hotel. No, the thing like you go in and it's like oh. you're trying to pluck it down, right? Like that's my favorite thing in the world. There's nothing cooler than being in one of those machines. And you're just like, why can't I grab this? What is the deal? You feel like an idiot every time you go in one of those things. All right. Griffin is making sure they're completely separated. No two are stuck together. Because we want everything about this to be on the up and up. We want to make sure that no one can accuse us of rigging the contest. There are, however, some people. I will go ahead and I will, I will divulge this information. One person got 10 entries wow. in the contest. One person donated $250. Someone else went even further than that. One person, our friend Cotter, ended up purchasing 30 entries in the raffle. And as I said at the get-go, there was no limit because this is a charity thing. I just want all I care about is that we get the money for the charity. So, you, so if one person wanted to put in $2,500, they could have guaranteed themselves all of the prizes. They didn't do that. 
So the other thing is there's no limit to how many times you can win. So that person that put in 30, if they win all the prizes, that's the reality. They won all the prizes. They put in 30. That's the way it's going to go in our raffle drawing. All right? But again, we'll pull one winner. I'll get in touch with them, make sure they want the prize, and then Griffin and I will continue this process off the air. And we're both neutral in this. So that's the way it's going to go. Again, after this, we're going to do the bowl pick'em. That's still to come, and we're going to ask you to chip in for that. And we're still going to do an event where we're going to ask you to bring out toiletries and um, under, obviously not your underwear, store-bought underwear. Right, I believe we got Leah's blessing. All right. Very good. So this is the first winner that we are pulling out right now. And I have all of the numbers in front of me. So very dramatic moment. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. Pulling a number out here. We have. It is number 38. Number 38. Number, number 38, 38 belongs to someone who bought five tickets. Ah, in congratulations. The congratulations to Chris Voxakis. We call him Verge because he looks like um, uh, Steve Car Steve Carell, and of course he was the forty-year-old version. Oh, okay. So we always yeah, called him so. Verge. Chris is a legend at the old radio station because he somehow got fired despite the fact that he never actually worked there. Well done, Chris. That is impressive. True story. Used to now he was like a he would go to the Super Bowl. He would help us out. He would go pull guests for us, but he never actually worked for the old radio station. It was just because he was friends with Casey Willett and Ray Bachman and was just basically around all the time. One of my favorite people always comes through for us every year. Our first winner is Chris Vaxakis. So I will get in touch with Chris, and I will find out what Chris wants, and then we will repeat the steps. We just You, you heard how painful that was on air. We're not going to do this all day. We're going to do it off the air. Just do a live read. Could you imagine? Of this is all we did. We all just right, it's been 15 this. minutes. Time yeah, for right? another. Now I call it. Like, Hi, Chris. There's just no radio show <laughs> going on whatsoever. <laughs> um, but that's the deal. Chris Buxakis is the first winner, and then I will. Uh, we will pull more throughout the course of the day. We'll get all the winners taken care of. Uh, we didn't do Tidbit. Let's go ahead and do Tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by... Uh, the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which is back tonight. Stan and Eric Garfield, Mr. Prospects himself, they'll be breaking down uh, the Orioles. I think tonight they're focusing on the international prospects, uh, maybe guys that perhaps we haven't given enough attention to, that first wave of international players that are making their way through the Orioles' pipeline. So that'll be tonight. Um, make sure I know what time that thing, that show is starting so I don't lie to you. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Stan the Fan Charles, Eric Garfield talking Orioles prospects at at five o'clock. Five o'clock is when you can watch that show. And if you miss it live, you can find it at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Uh Derek Henry, over the weekend, he became the eighth player with nine thousand rushing yards and eighty rushing touchdowns in his first eight seasons. Game nine thousand and eighty. And 80 in and he, the first eight seasons. And he is the eighth player to do this. Who okay. does he join on this list? Um, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is, of course, on this list. Walter Payton. Walter Payton is not on this list. What a bum. Yeah, really? <laughs> How about Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson is on this list. Tied for the fewest amount of games, 104. Derrick Henry took him 113. 
How about Ladanian Tomlinson? Ladanian Tomlinson is on this list. Um, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk is not on this list. Uh, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson is not on this not list. Not a either. Jew. <laughs> not a Jew. Uh, how about Emmett Smith? Emmett Smith is, of course, on this He's list. the all-time leading Russian leader. I probably should have guessed him a little bit earlier. Uh, Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis is not on the list. Bomb, he sucks. Yeah, there you go. Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore is not on this list. Yeah. How about Edron James? Not Edron James. His son plays on Cincinnati, I believe. Oh, Jiz- really? Jizzle James is his name. Chizzle. Jizzle. Jizzle. What? Yes. That doesn't seem good. That seems like a name that he would... Were you watching any of the Howard game when Cincy was playing I Howard? wasn't. Uh, I know they were trailing late, but they did hold on and win, right? It's Cincinnati, yes, yeah. did hold on and win. Yeah, but they were trailing like yeah. late in the second half at Howard the other night. Jizzle James. Uh, seems... Pause. Um, I think it's a great one. Thurman Thomas. Not Thurman Thomas. Curtis Martin. Not Curtis Martin. Jesus Christ. You've guessed five, right? Or I've gotten four right. So... Uh, Henry's Plus, five, yeah. yeah so Henry. three more. Dorsett. No, not Dorsett. Oh, my God. Uh, Dickerson. Eric Dickerson is on the list. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> this is going poorly. Uh, Earl Campbell. No Earl Campbell. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Okay. He's on this list. The first to ever start this list. And so I'm missing one. One more. Lenny Moore. Not Lenny Moore. Neat if it was. Yeah. John Riggins. Not John Riggins. Terrell Davis. Not Terrell Davis either. I'm not sure who it is. Spent eight seasons. Uh, he was drafted in the year 2000. And he spent eight seasons with... Sean Alexander? Sean Alexander, really? yes. With the Seattle Seahawks, Sean Alexander. He was a hell of a player, man. Mm-hmm. He was a league MVP. Cover, man. Hell of a player. All right, very good. That will do it for us. Again, we will continue to pull winners as soon as we finish the show. Coming up, uh, thanks today to Jonas Schaefer, Ken Zalas, Jeff Chidia. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tabic Glenn Clark Radio. Com- you know what I realized is I took my headphones off, and so everything seems odd now because oh, okay. I don't hear it coming back, right? I'm like, this is... Am I doing a show? Are we talking? It's It's very... Very bad. I should just put him back on. And I realized I had you unmute the whole. I'd be really awkward. Um, tomorrow on the program, Stan the fan will be here. Yes. Bo Smolka. Bo Smolka will, be, will join us. Uh, Anthony Walker, Perry Hall Gator. Hmm. No longer at Miami. He's now at Indiana. I don't know how I missed that, and I'm not happy about it. Maryland plays Indiana on Friday night, uh, tomorrow night. So we will preview that with Anthony Walker ahead of time. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Yes. Very good. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Oh, don't forget, we'll be on 105.7 The Fan from 6 to 7.30 tonight. Go Coppin or UMBC. Duke sucks.